Welcome to the Sequoia Cast, a podcast about trees, but about Disneyland, team design, and everything in between. My name is Lars. My name is Neil. And today we're talking about the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. That took a long while for you <laughs> to realize what the episode was about today. <laughs> Jesus. We've only been talking about it for weeks. I was just reading it of uh, I was just reading it off my page because I was not researching the Society of Explorers and Adventurers for weeks. I was researching C for weeks. But apparently we're not gonna talk about large bodies of salt water. And apparently somebody had to tell me that. So thanks. Well, I thought it was obvious. That's our next episode. I have a lot of fun facts about seas. So we got that going. I can't wait. (laughs) All right. Let's start with the the real... uh... Sea. Society of Explorers and Adventures. Maybe heads up for people who are not in the know. The Society of Explorers and Adventures is a secret society scattered throughout all the Disney theme parks. Some places more subtly than others, but over (laughs) the most of the line, it is quite subtle. The society is a society of explorers and adventurers. The name is quite self-explanatory. It's a a secret organization to which... mm, People belong who are adventurers, explorers, things of the sort. Mostly rich people. Rich people. (laughs) Assholes. Also, Also not always, but rich mostly. It's basically the like the MCU. Everything is connected, but it's well, I was gonna say real life, but it's built in the Disney Disney parks. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's think think that's the most uh, the apt. comparison we could make it's it's the disney parks not so cinematic i was gonna say cinematic (laughs) but no not cinematic it's a it's a very long story it's a very long story it's a very convoluted story let's say it's a hazy journey it's hazy yeah i think that's a good preamble instead of just rambling on about it we should just start but before we start i want to say things are indeed very hazy <laughs> there are very few attractions where c is actually the focal point it's mostly there is one. an aside there is yeah, there a few but yeah that there's one park that that has more prominent c teaming and the rest is very um much yeah, in the background yes and we have to take things from from obscure details in cues and bars and sometimes it's just a nod or a wink or a joke and sometimes it isn't if you go <laughs> too deep in the rabbit hole you can connect the whole actual mcu with c but i don't think that's and if you really want you can connect lost kimmy schmidt uh, basically everything you want but we're gonna do Yes. Logical explanation of the universe. We're going to try to to put it out in a um, consumable way for you listeners of the Sequoia cast. Ooh, Sequoia cast. (laughs) 
So you don't have to be as confused as we were for most of our research. <laughs> All right, I will also begin. say most of the places we are going to mention, we have not yet been. We had to scour the internet because it literally is in most, if not every Disney park. Maybe... Yes. Yeah, no, al almost everyone, yes. even in a very, very, very small degree sometimes. Mm -hmm. But let's stop rambling <laughs> and start talking about C. All right. The story starts in a, an Italian port town in 1538, Port Paradiso, Italy, which is Indeed. a fictional town. Yeah, uh, but it was based on uh, Venice mm -hmm. and... Um, Portofino, of, <laughs> no, Pontofino, of P Porto, something in Italian, Latin for dolphin port, okay? Yes, so it's a fictional town, but based on those two, so you have a lot of, um, yeah, this Mediterranean vibe, little canals uh, in between the buildings, uh, and in this little town, the society was founded on August 12, 1538, within the Fortress of Explorations. Mm -hmm, indeed. Which is the first real attraction that specifically states this is what the Society of Explorers and Adventurers indeed. is. It's a uh, walkthrough in uh, Tokyo Disney. See, ooh, see. <laughs> and uh, Porto Paradiso is the uh, Main Street equivalent of uh, Tokyo Disney Sea. Mm -hmm. Not quite a street, more like a main port. But whatever, you know what I mean. And uh, the Fortress of Explorations is a castle at the foot of a volcano, uh, Mount Prometheus, Prometheus uh, which houses the original headquarters of the society, which is essentially just a, a meeting place for all these adventurers, artists, explorers, travelers um, to come together. Uh, and they are all dedicated to the same ideals of exploration of, of land and sea mm -hmm. and sea how are you gonna say a lot sea. of sea you're gonna say sea a lot because not only are they called sea they also like the sea like the sea sea <laughs> the body of salt water sea maybe i have my first fun fact so Ooh, it's not yes. going to waste okay All i right. have i'll, I'll do a I'll, fun allow, fact. I'll allow it um okay it it it's okay the mediterranean Ah, ah, we're talking about Mediterranean Sea. Mm. Eh? The Mediterranean used to be dry. By God, it was the Mediterranean field. The Mediterranean used to be dry basin until some five million years ago during the, some difficult words, flood, in which water <laughs> from the Atlantic poured through the <laughs> Strait of Gibraltar and filled the basin. Terrorists abound as to how this happened but one catastrophic interpretation has the basin filling up in only two years thanks to a massive torrent of water somebody spilled their cup of water yes. ah shit yeah now we've got an extra sea i guess i'm so happy i could use my my real sea fun facts ah. well, i'm also glad to know that <laughs> i think all right but anyway um, fortress of exploration is really a great walkthrough attraction which incorporates 
like different pieces of walkthrough, restaurants, uh, playground. Uh, it's 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 not uh, one straight line walking through a no. through an exhibit. It's really in an environment with different mm-hmm. halls and rooms, and it's really. It's cool. almost weird to call it an attraction. It it's is without a doubt, but it's 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 so open. It's so non-linear it has actual restaurants in it mm-hmm. which not many can say well there's one in pirates but it's not like you can get out of the boat and eat waffles <laughs> i is there if i don't think paris has any well it it, it it's sort of like if um it's it's really almost feels like a land because there is so much to do and you have mm-hmm. restaurants but without attractions like a small, yeah, like like yeah. if Pandora didn't have attractions and had m- some more, like um, like if Pandora had all his cues but not an attraction, <laughs> is basically okay, what yeah. it is. Well, it's basically a more modern rendition of uh, David Crockett's Island, if you think about it. Tom it's Sawyer's also just Island. a place. Uh, yeah, David Crockett. Yeah, David yeah. Crockett's another dude. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Tom Sawyer's Island. That's, yes. that's what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. But a very, very expensive uh, Tom Sawyer's well, Island. Well, yeah, it's, it's it's newer, moderner. Moderner. Moderner, r- richer. Much more money has been thrown against it. <laughs> yeah, one of the one of the halls uh, is dedicated to the honorary members of uh, the Society of Explorers and Adventurers who inspired the ideals and the creation of sea. Um, people like Leonardo da Vinci, Christopher Columbus, Vasco da Gama, uh, people who really embodied this. I think uh, Magellan too, uh, or Magellan, as you should say in English. He has, a, he has a restaurant named after him in Fortress Exploration. It's uh, it's uh, some people we aren't that proud of anymore today. Yeah, um, but a lot of the ideals of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers are that is yes, very much of the time. That's something we're going to notice. Uh, C doesn't shy away from the um, meaner parts of human history because it's a thing about exploration, uh, and it's it's dead in the center of. The, uh, the the exploration boom where everybody went exploring and everybody went colonizing, which isn't really the best thing. <laughs> and isn't they don't really they the don't they don't they don't sugarcoat it. No, no, and 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 the eventually the society will will evolve into something mm-hmm. that talks about the, these themes and and yeah doesn't shy away of. of Yes, I I, them. I appreciate that without getting politicky and ah uh, oh, society today about it, <laughs> um, it handles those those themes very well without trying to cover them up. Yeah, it's yeah. it opens the story up for those themes so we can can talk and discuss about them, not shy away from them. Yeah, some of the main characters are really just the biggest douchebags yeah. ever, <laughs> but their ass holiness gets back to them. It's not like they get away yeah. with being an asshole. True. Some some of them. Uh one of the one of the rooms I, I really like is the navigation center, also in a Fortress of Explorations, where you can like I've never wanted to control like a little remote control boat so hard in my life. And it's like this great room with an old sea map with with uh 
big sea monsters on it uh, where you can control your little boat and it, it has smoke and thunder and rain and ah, it's cool. I yeah, think it's hon- it looks hon- 100 yen amazing. or something. How do you That's not that much, 100 yen. I don't know how much it is. Probably. But yeah, it, it would be... <laughs> If it was a lot of money, it would be called uh, extortion. <laughs> uh, so they, they'd have my money. <laughs> All day. Uh, one of the other things they is a do. duct gallon uh, that belongs to sea uh, called the Renaissance, uh, which is like a whole walkthrough all in itself. Oh, a galleon, you mean? A gal- yeah, galleon, sorry. A Not duct a gallon. gallon. I-, I thought a duct just... <laughs> A gallon of, of water. Yeah. <laughs> there is a, a gallon of water docked in our port. I hope there's more than a gallon of water in your port. <laughs> then you don't have a port. Then you just have a puddle. <laughs> uh, one of the weird things uh, about the ship is it doesn't have like this backstory with the crew because it's you're supposed to be the crew or the captain of the ship and you can explore it in that way. There isn't a name attached to it. Well, the the, the, the boat is called uh, the Renaissance, but there isn't a, a specific captain. Mm-hmm. You you are part of the ship and you can explore your own your own uh, Renaissance is, ship. Yeah, it's 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 one way to tell a story, you know. Uh, sometimes you gotta leave blanks in for people to fill in themselves. Yes. Uh, one of the other things is a little alchemy laboratory, a very small room uh, where you can see like uh, a research facility where somebody is trying to invent the elixir of life uh, and is trying to turn uh, gold and silver into in uh, no metals into gold and silver the philosopher's stone basically basically harry potter yeah yeah and that's when harry potter stole it all ah oh, rolling rolling <laughs> it's 1538 so uh, ah explain yourself rolling <laughs> Uh, and then one one of the, the the coolest rooms I think is uh, the planetarium, uh, which has a big moving uh, solar system, which is a little bit like the solar system of Avatar, of the in the library. Ah, the, uh, the, ooh, the the black sun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But ah, yes, wait. Behind it in your notes it says Avatar Ang. <laughs> All right, I know what you mean now. Uh, but but. Um, in Avatar, they can predict what's coming in in uh, in in in, uh, in the Fortress of Exploration. You can just make your own constellation of planets. You can event uh, individually move each planet around and make your own constellation. It's not that's a not how a planetarium actually works. But all right, I'll take it. You can, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> the power of sea. They just moved the planets in the sky. <laughs> they were gods. And and that that's basically it for the uh, for the fortress of explorations. Um, uh, and then we don't hear anything uh, about the society until two hundred and seventy-seven years later at the same place. Well, at uh, at uh, uh, Port Paradiso, uh, there is a, a museum that's opening, the Museum of Fantastic Flight. You're nodding. Am I supposed <laughs> to do something? Uh, I was just waiting for so I don't know. Uh, so the the museum of the fantastic uh, of museum of fantastic flight opens. Um, 
which is a, a museum about the aviary arts. Uh, and it's, uh, it, it's opened by, uh, well, it's uh, invented, let's say, by Celino Falco, which is the father of uh, one of the more important characters of mm -hmm. the sea lore, uh, which is not born yet, I think, uh, at this point. Ooh. Um, and, and, and Celino Falco, uh, his name might suggest, suggest it, he has a falk. A falk, uh, a falcon, falcon, a falk, a falk. largest English. <laughs> he has a falk, yes. <laughs> a falcon uh, named Aletta, uh, or whatever you pronounce such things in Italian. Aletta, uh, <laughs> you have to make more hand gestures. Ah, gesture Aletta. Aletta. People can see it, but we're gesturing. Uh, but it's it's, at, uh, it's in this place that uh, that we will uh, later in the story have uh, have an attraction taking place: the soaring mm -hmm. of fantastic flights. Uh, let's talk about 1848. 1848, a magical year. 23rd of uh, 23rd of September of uh, 1848. Uh, is the uh, the Big Thunder Mountain com Mining Company is founded by by Barnabas T. Bullion in Tumbleweed or Magic Kingdom. Yes, and if you've ever seen his portrait hanging uh, around the parks, you might kind of sort of know him as our Lord and Savior, Tony Baxter, second coming of Jesus Christ. <laughs> or, so well, the, the latter point is this debated highly amongst <laughs> Tony Baxter scholars. But um, yes, as is a very common theme amongst members of C, his appearance is based on a uh, well-known Imagineer, this being uh, Tony Baxter, who actually designed Big Thunder Mountain. Yes. And the uh, his name is Barnabas T. Bullion, and the T is not a coincidence, but is Barnabas Tony Bullion. Oh, not Tim. Oh. <laughs> Barnabas Tim Bullion, yeah. It's a reference to Tim Delaney. Yeah? Bullion is also not a coincidence because this man thought uh, um, mining gold and getting rich of the gold of the Big Thunder Mountain was his birthright. Um, he came from a very powerful East Coast family and he started drilling uh, the mountain for gold. But um, if you have ever ridden the Big Thunder Mountain, you know that the Big Thunder Mountain doesn't like to give up his no. gold. And uh, he pro uh, it protects itself from people obtaining the gold with natural disasters and, and, and accidents and uh, that, that prevent miners from... Uh, mm -hmm. Straight up, deeper. not a good time. Or well, for <laughs> us it is. If we, are, we were in an actual mining accident, it would straight up not be a good time. <laughs> and the queue of the Big Thunder Mountain in, uh, in the Magic Kingdom is the headquarters of the... Uh, the Big Thunder Mountain Mining, Big Thunder Mountain Mining Company, um, which is filled with machinery of a very important man, aka Jason Chandler. Indeed, Jason Chandler is a name we will be hearing a lot about. It's a bit of a complex story. We will get into it more as we see him more throughout the story. But here he warns uh, Barnabas T. Bullion for digging any deeper because Barnabas here is using. Uh, Jason Chandler's revolutionary drills to get that deep into Big Thunder Mountain. And in this queue, there is a uh, framed letter 
from Chandler saying, Parmas, don't do it. He's reminiscing about the good times they had, venturing to El Dorado, doing all this cool exploratory <laughs> stuff, colonizing people. Uh, and then he goes on to saying that he discussed this over with one Madame Zarkov of the Museum of the Weird. Madame Zarkov is a character we will get more into later, but as some people might know, the Museum of the Weird was an attraction planned as an, if I'm not mistaken, an expansion to the uh, Haunted Mansion that would be a well, Museum of the Weird, quite explanatory. <laughs> uh, saying that he should watch out that there's uh, some supernatural mojo going on deep in the mountain and he should refrain from digging. But, well, as we all know, Barnabas Tony Bullion did not listen to Jason Chandler. And this is a good example of one of those uh, C members that isn't as fun <laughs> as most um, main characters. I wouldn't call him a main character. Mm-hmm. Most characters in, 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 in things would be. And uh, the, the, there are actually two versions of Barnabas T. Bullion. You have the, the park version, the version we see in the Magic Kingdom, and you have mm-hmm. the. There's also a comic uh, about the Big Thunder Mountain and about Barnabas T. Bullion. And the Barnabas T. Bullion of those comics is much more um, based on the real Tony Baxter. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, uh, he wants to mine the gold. Uh, in, in favor of the town, he wants the town to be to be a, a well, to be a wealthy place for all its uh, inhabitants. But this uh, Barnabas T. Bullion in the in the parks um, is not at all like that. No, he's a bit uh, well. He doesn't do it for the people. Let's say no. And uh, the the Jason Chandler, when you're going through the queue of uh, the Big Thunder Mountain, you can see uh, some of his inventions, uh, like the ventilation system, which uses canary uh, can canaries, those big uh, birds we were talking about in in episode two, I think. Yes, bird. <laughs> giant birds. But uh, here there are the the regular small birds. Um, which are used to uh, to check the air quality. If the if the birds uh, falls dead, they have to evacuate the uh, the the mining shafts. The mine, and you can you can check that out in the in the queue. But queue. this was tumbleweed in the Magic Kingdom. But for some reason, there is another Big Thunder Mountain. Well, there are two, you uh, don't a say. few other Big Thunder Mountains. But there is also one in Disneyland Paris where another really? man. What? Really? <laughs> Apparently. Where there's another man, uh, Henry Ravenswood, who um, finds gold in the Big Thunder Mountain and starts the Big Thunder Mining Company uh, and Thunder Mesa. So um, two different people with kind of the yes. same character- characteristics that, um, that start the same company, well, the company with the same name, uh, a year apart, which is a little bit uh, weird, yes, yes. but uh, I think it was an, an ad that you could see somewhere in Disneyland Paris uh, while the Big Thunder Mountain was renovated, which said that Rainbow Ridge, the Big Thunder Mountain uh, village uh, around Big Thunder Mountain in uh, Disneyland Anaheim, Tumbleweed and Thunder Mesa are t- three different towns on the rivers of the far west. So for Indeed. some reason, there are multiple Big Thunder Mountains and they 
are all in the same canon yes. of C. One of the confusing parts of C. <laughs> and uh, our, our Big Thunder Mountain in uh, Disneyland Paris is connected to our Phantom Manor, our version of, uh, of, of, of the Haunted Mansion, which has uh, another connection to the society, uh, being Rowan D. Falls, the captain of the Mark Twain riverboat, mm -hmm. the Mark Twain riverboat that is... Uh, well, that's just being abandoned somewhere uh, backstage yeah. uh, because it uh, <laughs> sank uh, some years ago. Uh, Rowan D. Falls, I think we talked about him in the in the last episode. He's a suitor of mm -hmm. Melanie Ravenswood. Uh, and he's called Falls. And that uh, is a name we might encounter uh, in the future. Along the way, yes. Uh, then there is uh, also in the Haunted Mansion in the Magic Kingdom, which is around the same time, uh, we have mm -hmm. another character, uh, George Hightower, uh, which is portrayed by Rick Rothschild, the, the uh, Imagineer, uh, who bought the estate in New Orleans, um, which meant his eventual death because his uh, wife, Constance Hatchaway... Uh, uh, he, she hatched away. His way. <laughs> You can see uh, you can see her sitting on his grave in the stretching yes. room, mm -hmm. uh, and there's an X in his head, all on the statue yeah. on his grave's head. Who has a statue of himself being killed on his tombstone? <laughs> Is that something people in America do? <laughs> I don't know. In Belgium, we don't. But also, this man is called Hightower, ah. which is also a name. You we might remember. encounter. We yes. might, or we might not, who knows, encounter further along in our story. It does remind me of a certain tower, though. Really? really? A high tower? Hmm. What a beautiful name. Or maybe not a high tower, <laughs> like low tower, like two stories. Which isn't really a tower, that's just a house. Wait, anyway, <laughs> let's continue. <laughs> Wait, but do, what, what do you want to discuss next? Do you want to discuss 1850 or the thingy in between? Oh, let's do 1850. Oh, right. we, uh, I'll go deeper into the thingy in between <laughs> uh, when we're finished. There is something, not to make it confusing. There is something connected, not connected, but connected to uh, Frontierland connected to chase and chandler but it never happened but we, we talk about it it uh, was yeah it was planned but it it's discovery baby never happened it's discovery let's just say discovery baby we'll get into it later not to get uh things too yeah, confusing because it's not official part of the sea lore because no. well but because it's it's <laughs> conception and yeah it's conception um did it's start off many of the 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 things we now know as being a big part of of the society. Yes. So it is it is uh, noteworthy to mention on the end, but we're not going to mention it here. Just to, not to um, muddy the waters of our neatly organized timeline. All right, 1850. 1850. 1850. We are a year uh, after uh, Ravenswood started his mining company, and we have Camilla Falco. Camilla. Falco, the daughter of uh, the one who had a falcon. 
Not a falk. Uh, not a falk. No, not a falk. Who inherits the Museum of Fantastic Flight. Uh, she's mm, uh, 49 at this flight. point. Her father died. She mm-hmm. inherits the museum. Um, she will eventually become the first woman inducted into C, into Indeed. the society, by President Vitali Robustelli. Robustelli. And I was C. making hand movements. We are all making hand movements. Uh, and that's also a thing I really appreciate. Other more modern um, stories would have said, oh yes, C was always inclusive to women. Mm-hmm. But even here, women weren't included until later on, which is slightly more fitting with history. But even then, it's quite early in history to be... Uh, well, But she was the daughter of a very important part of the society she, and a very important indeed, place. So yeah, it's yeah, probably... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a logical first it's lady... Um, Very, she yes. was an, uh, an, 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 a balloonist, an engineer, and she developed the Dream Flyer, uh, inspired by uh, the designs of Leonardo da Vinci. Um, uh, and the Dream Flyer is something uh, you might know as the uh, flying vehicle of uh, soaring a fantastic flight. Yes. Not, not the flying vehicle of the Dream Finder. That's, no. another, <laughs> that's another dude. That's another dude. Also, maybe connected to C. More maybe. about later. Um, but uh, the the uh, uh, little difference between Da Vinci's uh, contraptions, Da Vinci's flying machines, and the Dream Flyer, is that uh, uh, with Da Vinci, it's always human powered. Um, with Batwing, uh, but they, but uh, this one is. Well, we don't have to flap our uh, arms when we go to uh, <laughs> to. Um, Soaring, uh, mm-hmm. but they have Luckily. their their bat wings and 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 a tail in common. It's basically the the vehicle from Sorin, but with some Renaissancey, yeah, <laughs> steampunky ish, and also a very cool uh, fact. We can see this induction into sea taking place on a uh, painting, a extremely beautiful painting, might I yes. add. There's a few. There's a few. There's a lot of those in in sea beautiful paintings of members and happenings within the society and, and with little uh, little hints of little yes. oh, yeah mm, little little most <laughs> of mm, succulent history uh what was i saying oh yes there was a painting of yeah. uh Falco being inducted by robustelli and on this painting we can see a young henry mystic who will play a uh, bigger role in our story And on the deed where she is proclaimed as a member of C, we can see the autograph of the secretary of C, namely our good friend, Jason Chandler. (sighs) It's all coming together. (laughs) Not really, though, (laughs) but, you know. Yeah. Um, He he climbed up the, the... Stairs to a presidency of a president, not at presidency. Well, he's climbing, he's, still oh, he's climbing, climbing. Yes, he's, he's a secretary, the, the, the one of the right hand men of Robustelli. And then 1891, one of the most important historical moments in the sea lore the discovery of Schweitzer Falls. O2H, O2H. You, uh, you, you might, well, 
lot of people will know Schweizer Falls uh, by the quotes. This is Schweizer Falls, named after that famous explorer, Dr. Albert Falls. Yes, which we which is alluded to and seen in the Jungle Cruise. Yes. And Falls, we already encountered somebody yeah, named Falls. A, a uh, named Falls. But this Albert Falls is a very prominent member of C. Yes. And very the the uh, guiding force behind Jungle Cruise and the Jungle Cruise narrative. And one year later, in, in later in uh, 1892, uh, speaking about an other name we already encountered, on January 24th, we have the grand opening of Hotel Hightower. Yes, of our good friend. Well, Harrison Hightower III. Well, I say good friend. <laughs> he isn't the most cool dude. Um, he was born quite a bit earlier because he now owns a hotel and toddlers cannot own hotels. Wow. Uh, I, I researched this. You cannot. <laughs> okay. Not in New York. Uh, and he basically is an ex in uh, a... Uh, Asshole Royal, and he steals from everyone. I even have a list of all of the people he stole from. But what did he look like? What does he look like? Well, you might see, look at his picture, you might see his uh, luscious handlebar moustache, and he might remind you of a younger Joe Rody. Mm. Mm. A recurring team, as we have seen. We have Tony Baxter as Bullion, and now the legend himself. The other spiritual guru of Walt Disney Imagineering, Joe Rody, except Joe Rody, is not an asshole because and he's Hightower, not at Ima Imagineering anymore. No, don't remind me of such things. <laughs> Some things we, we haven't. We not, we our we last shouldn't. episode was November, so a lot has happened both to the Disney company, both to the world. Yeah, yeah, but I don't want to think about Rody <laughs> not being there. But Hightower, he stole, he started in Asia and Japan, stealing armor, stealing everything inside. Then uh, he went to Africa, stole a bunch of things. Then he went to Oceania, stole a bunch of things. He went to Peru, stole a bunch of things. He went to Egypt. And then he also stole a bunch of things. Because Harrison Hightower III was a member of the Pillagers Brigade which is, well, it is like evil sea. Well, as we said, sea isn't all good, but the pillagers' brigade is a, well, it's a brigade that pillages. They just go around and they steal things from natives because um, they think it's their right to do so. Yes, and one of those... Uh, um, one of those... Uh, uh, Stealing moments. <laughs> I don't know how, how I want to call moment. it. The stealing moments of Hi Harrison Hightower was in Peru, but is um, is part of a, an attraction in Tokyo Disney Sea, the uh, theme park, not the society, um, which is the Lost River Delta. Uh, it's set in the it's set in the Lost mm -hmm. Lost River Delta, and it's called Raging Spirits, uh, which is basically a um, copy paste uh, of our Indiana Jones track, with some other teaming around it. Uh, it's about two ancient spirits, the the spirit of water and the spirit of fire, who are awoken and begin to duel uh, each yes. other. And, you and can it isn't really very far-fetched to say that uh, Hightower might have had a hand in um, 
enraging those spirits. He stole uh, one of the snake heads for his uh, for his uh, high tower collection. Because by uh, God, the do those guys in C have fitting names? Falco has a falcon. High tower has, <laughs> has a high, a high tower. tower. Albert Falls has a falls. <laughs> It's like they were they were they were basically born to do all of this. Rowan D falls. Rose down the falls. The falls. <laughs> or falls down the row. Barnabas Barnabas T Bullion had a lot of bullion. By God, it's like it's all written <laughs> as a part of a story for a theme park. But then four years anyway, later, in eighteen ninety six. We have on January the first a magical year. <laughs> we have a special museum that opens in Mystic Point. Indeed, it does. By a man called Lord Henry Mystic, who, as you might remember, was well a younger version of him was uh, present at the induction of uh, Mrs. Falco into yes. the society. And Lord Henry Mystic is basically the good guy version of uh, Hightower. He also collects all these artifacts, but he does this um, to, uh, to, well, for preservation. Uh, he doesn't steal them. He wants people to, to get knowledge out of them, to admire them in his home, in the Mystic Manor, where he has more than 7,000 artifacts but for the time being, it's a very normal museum. There is nothing mm-hmm. magical well, going on for it now. Is, it is used as an outpost for the Society of Explorers and Adventures. Yes, it's a, it's, so. it's, it's, a, it's a museum filled with beautiful artifacts, beautiful antiquities. Uh, and and the, 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 the house itself is, is, is beautiful and, and is really reminiscent of what this what this Henry Mystic is and what the society is, because it's really a um, the the um, the architecture has a lot of influences uh, from all around the world. It it has uh, Victorian Queen Anne architecture, uh, uh, Russian Baroque architecture, traditional Chinese architecture. So it's literally this man who's going all around the world. And, and and getting all these artifacts and collecting everything he's bringing back these architectural styles and building his home as a sort of a representation of what he is about yes i just learned a new word muscovite baroque it's baroque. a russian baroque yes wow <laughs> the more you know kids the more you know <laughs> look it isn't all fun in the games on the sequoia cast you also learn things muscovite baroque russian baroque go tell that to your teachers Aha. Or you might teacher, go to your I teachers and tell them that sea ice is drinkable. Another one of my salt water sea oh, facts. You can't drink sea water, but you can drink sea ice. However, you don't want to drink fresh sea ice, which, is, which still has little pockets of brine tap, trapped in between the ice crystals. As the ice ages, the brine drains out and the ice becomes fresh enough that according to NSIDC, it can be melted and consumed. Ah, see, fun facts. I will. You are a liar. You cannot drink ice. For Ice is a solid. You eat ice. You cannot drink it. You can I only drink it. just said you can melt it down and consume it. 
Ah, then you can drink <laughs> melted sea ice. You cannot drink uh-huh. sea ice. I reject your fact, for it is wrong. <laughs> but Let, next episode we talk about is I'll try it. About actual <laughs> seas. Fuck Team yeah. Park. <laughs> we are uh, a nature podcast now. We are about trees <laughs> and bodies of water. Aha. Anyways. 19, uh, 1898, two years after the Great Museum at Mystic Point opens. Uh, by the way, there's also, there's not only Mystic, let's get, let's backtrack a little to Mystic Manor. There's also uh, a restaurant, the Explorers Club, uh, just like we had in Paris, our own Explorers Club. Um, but this one is uh, operated by Henry Mystic and his, his, his faithful companion, Albert the Monkey. Uh, we didn't mention oh, Albert. Albert, no, we did, we've got, he has a monkey, his name's Albert, he's an honorary member of C. He's the best member of. <laughs> he saved he's him a from uh, from um, from j- uh, a giant spider web. I think yes. very close to where uh, Mystic Manor is 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 now built, um, and they are best friends ever since, and they explore the world together. Um, so you have this uh, restaurant also there, the Explorers Club, with a lot of antiquities, with some themes. I think you have a, an Egyptian room with with um, uh, what's it called. Mummies. Mummies. But what what are the mummies in? What's it called? <laughs> a sarcophagus. That's the word. Um, you have a, uh, a Chinese room, so very nice restaurant also. And one of the things I like the most is the, the little train station that isn't the train station. The train station that isn't the train station. Yeah, so so the, the, the Mystic Manor in, in, uh, in Hong Kong Disneyland is, is built on the edge of the park. Uh, right next to the train station because it's an expansion it wasn't always there um so the train rides right next to the to the to the mystic manor but there wasn't place enough to put a full train station where you could uh, embark or disembark a train but they put a train station there that delivers all these artifacts to the mystic manor and they used the the little um the little station as a uh, stage for performances which I, I love that they wanted a train station, couldn't get one, and they built like this beautiful little train station with a lot of artifacts yeah. waiting to, to that, get. That's a, a beautiful tiny piece of placemaking. Yes. Yes. But two years later, yes. another thing happens. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. On the 3rd of July, it is the maiden voyage of the RV Oceaneer Lab, which some people might know as a... Uh, Oceanic slab on the Disney Magic, one of the Disney cruise ships. And because uh, the date is not a coincidence. Uh, July 30th, 1998, so 100 years later, is the maiden Indeed. voyage of the Disney Magic. Indeed it is. But not the Disney Magic, the RV Oceaneer Lab, mm-hmm. 100 years before the actual cruise ship, is piloted by another sea member, a quite a prominent sea member, namely Mary Oceaneer. As her name suggests, she uh, embodies the uh, oceanic side of exploring. She became a member of sea quite recently, only in the last few years before she set off on her voyage. And as her name says, she is an expert on everything seas and is crazy about everything pirates and diving and has an obsession 
with parrots, having multiple parrots throughout her life. One named Salty, the other named Duncan. That's not important, but I, parrots are cool. <laughs> so that's the thing. Uh, she, over the span of her life, uh, captained two boats, the RV Oceaneer, and also the MS Salty 4, which you can see in Misadventure Falls in Typhoon Lagoon, the water park in Walt Disney World Orlando. A few fun facts about our own Mary Oceaneer. She might be based on a famous Imagineer, like some of the other members. We aren't 100% sure, though. There the is likeness... a lot of art about one certain Imagineer in the... Uh... Yes, and yeah. as her name may suggest... Su- s- may suggest... Big boy words. <laughs> this might be Mary Blair, because in the uh, Oceaneering Lab on the Disney Magic, there is a big Peter Pan mural Mary Blair did for the movie, without really much of an explanation why. And there is a likeness. It isn't as as big a likeness as Bullion or Hightower, because those are one-on-one, the yeah. Imagineers. But this, this might be the fact. Uh, and she has... There is also the Castaway K, which she has... Uh, uh, connection with where she dug up lots of her treasures she, when you see her pictured in many pictures she'll be holding a jewel encrusted sword she found there she uh, got from a pirate wreck and she is also said to have uh, deep sea divin and search for treasure in shipwreck cove one of the places where we see in the Pirates of the caribbean movies it is in the third movie i believe where the uh, the pirate council gets together it's, it's a big place made of a pirate ships, like built on top of each other. And uh, it is said that she uh, dove into the ruins to get uh, pirate booty. <laughs> One very interesting fact that opens up a whole another world into the sea canon is on the Disney Magic, you can see her diving bell, the machine she uses yeah. to dive and to create an air pocket and on this diving bell there is a very small inscription in a language quite foreign to most people except those who uh, like more obscure Disney movies well I see obscure they're Disney movies they're never obscure <laughs> but on this diving bell it says I come in peace in Atlantean script from the movie Atlantis the Lost Empire as many might remember, this is a animated movie um, after the heyday of the Disney Renaissance, not quite as popular as many other movies, made in a bit of a dip, as the some might call it. The babysitter movies. The, the what? The babysitter movies. That's what most of those movies are called. Ooh, like I, this, I did this know that. period of time where uh, parents didn't go with their children to the cinema uh, to the to the movies anymore, but just waited outside of the cinemas. And now again, you can go with your kids to Pixar to a Pixar movie, and you will most definitely enjoy. But a lot of those movies made then are oh yeah, not quite enjoyable for. Well, everybody. I I will digress. Uh, Atlantis: The Lost Empire. Is a good I movie. did not see that movie out of free will. My dad really liked Atlantis. 
Okay. Well, my dad liked Atlantis for the most part, like many people like it for the most part. The main characters are absolutely boring, <laughs> but the side characters are all comedy gold, <laughs> which I think most of you who will have uh, seen Atlantis uh, more recently, and with recently I mean when being an adult, uh, yeah, the side characters are absolute pure gold. But also that is all sea canon, which also adds a, um, let's say, um, layer of confusion into it all, <laughs> because there are multiple references to Atlantis and Atlanteans, and not all of them are as d- depicted in um, Atlantis the Lost Empire. We see him there in Atlantis Lost Empire as humans just living underwater. But in the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea ride, which is also connected to sea, mm-hmm. we see Atlanteans as uh, scaly fish people. So, what is Atlantis? Different from the Atlanti? <laughs> Atlant- Atlant- Atlantis? Atlantis? Atlantihe? <laughs> Yeah, Atlanti Hay. <laughs> One of the more uh, easier to explain away. Uh, what the hell do people know from Atlantis? They see a fishman. Ah, he's from Atlantis. <laughs> but uh, fish racism, also a negative part of sea. <laughs> you see a scaly man, he immediately is from Atlantis. People, there are more tongues underwater. <laughs> By God, it's like saying every time. In Belgium, from Brussels, there are more places. Well, not really. It's just Brussels and a highway. <laughs> but I digress. We all live next to the highway. Yes, we live on the highway. All right. One year later, in ninety, uh, in eighteen ninety nine, is um one of the bigger moments in the sea lore. Uh, on July sixteenth. Exactly. Uh, Harrison Hightower is one up on one of his uh, expeditions uh, in in uh, Africa in Congo, uh, where he acquires Shiriki Utundu, the Shiriki little, Utundu. the little um, uh, aided by our good friend Leopold II. <laughs> That's not said in lore, but we assume <laughs> it's our lo- it's our Belgium yeah. lore. Belgium lore. He was uh, the Belgian king who exploited the people of the Congo. Yeah. A black stain on. Belgian and human history. Something a lot of Belgians are also willing to forget. Yes, but we have not, for we mention it right here for you. According to a lot of people, it's also okay to still have all his statues. Yes, but that's a political matter (laughs) for another podcast. Not that we have another podcast about political (laughs) matters, but it's not, not something we're going to talk about tonight. Um, yeah, and he acquires Shiriki Utundu um, during an during Utundu. <laughs> dur- during dur- great name. Damn it! During an encounter with the Mutundu tribe, in the months to follow, um, Hightower acquires a lot of bounty and treasures. That's how he is uh, from a number of tribes along the river, um, and those tribes are very frightened by the cursed idol's reputation. On December 28th, so he's been uh, uh, 
getting some good bounty for a few months. He returns from Congo to his uh, home and hotel I- in New York, the Harris, uh, the Hightower Hotel. Um, and then a very important moment in history happens. December 31st. A very important moment. There is a press Indeed. conference. If you ever just... Mm-hmm. No. If anybody on. just Googles C or Society of Lords and Adventures, you will find a picture of this moment. Yes, a painting depicting this very moment because there is a press conference where he wants to show his newest acquisition, uh, the idol uh, Shiriki Utundu. Um, and he wants to show it to the world and he wants to show it to his fellow C members. And on that day, there is a, a group picture painted of all those members who are uh, at the press conference. Mm-hmm. And amongst their ranks are, if you might you might remember being mentioned previously, as you just said, Harrison Hightower is there. It says his own hotel. It would be weird if he wasn't there. <laughs> and you can see him holding Shrikti Utunu, the uh, Congolese idol. Next to him is... Uh, a man by the name of Professor L. Blauhimmel, which is a man we haven't encountered, and who doesn't play a very big role in our story, but he does recur in some places. His name is in a, an, yeah, alludes to uh, Blue Sky, which is a way of uh, thinking at Imagineering, Blue Sky thinking, where the sky is the limit. Uh, the uh, Blauhimmel was a, a pilot. There's also a book written by him, uh, which uh, we talk about later, because it's in another place that will pop up in the story. And uh, you can see his portrait uh, hanging in the Bengal barbecue. So there, I think Indeed there are only two uh, paintings of him. This one uh, of the Society of Explorers and Ex- Adventures meeting and the one in the, in the, the Bengal barbecue. Go on with, with your list. All right. Next to Blauhimmel, sitting in an iron chair, is Lord Henry Wistick. With the most imp- <laughs> Wistick, yeah, Wistick. Lord Henry Wistick. It's his is, brother. Uh, Henry Mystic's uh, half brother. Yes, yes, yes. Lord Henry Mystic and uh-huh. the most important member of C, Albert <laughs> the Monkey. Uh, next to him, there is another dude, which I cannot see his name. Do we have a name for him? Uh, I don't think... I think that's the one... No, wait. Uh, He's also based on an Imagineer. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's... uh, Oh, no, I lost it. Okay, no. By God, our research is incomplete. By God, while Lars is looking for (laughs) that name, uh, I will continue going through the painting. Next to him, there is a man. We actually do not know his name. He... uh, might be Jason Chandler. We guess he is Jason Chandler because at this point in time, we know Jason Chandler has taken over the presidency of the society. And it would be logical him being there, but he is not uh, mentioned explicitly. So he could be anyone for all we know, but Chandler is the best guess we have. Next to him is an unnamed member we know absolutely nothing about. But we know isn't Chandler because he is wearing an Arctic getup. And we know Chandler did not go to the Arctic. He was an explorer. So he could have. But this guy standing in a painting in a hotel in New York with his Arctic coat on. And, well, 
that's a statement. Then you're really into Arctic exploring. Not like Jason Chandler would be if he ever went to the Arctic. And next to him, we have Miss Mary Oceaneer standing there in full Captain Regalia. And next to her, the last person in the picture, there is Charlton J. Tabard. Not a very important member of C, but he is the painter of C, which is weird because they are being painted. So I presume they also have a second <laughs> painter. But he can be also seen sketching, I presume the painter painting them, illustrationception <laughs> of some kind. But this man is uh, based on Chris Turner, which I believe did the concept art for Mystic Manor. Mystic Manor? Yes. Yes. Where you can find this painting. Uh, it's not in, at, uh, Her- um, at Hightower Hotel, but it's uh, hanging in the queue. Of, no. Uh, uh, did no. we talk about But GL? you can find it. Because that's the ah, one. Ah, Giel Batterista. Oh, wait. I, it is in the research. I just can't read yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> uh, his name is Giel Batterista. And yeah, he is also based on an Imagineer. Joe Landicero, who was a senior Joe vice Landicero. president of Walt Disney Imagineering. Indeed, he was. And but also the, um, initial, the initials GL are Joe Landicero. Really can't talk today. Lanzicero. Lanzicero. In your defense, that's a really <laughs> difficult name <laughs> to pronounce, especially for us Belgian people. <laughs> but to get back to uh, Charlton Day Tabaret, he um, might be obscure, but there is a picture of him, I believe. It's in the High Tower Hotel. Don't quote me on that, but there is a picture, a drawing of him uh, painting High Tower because he accompanied High Tower on some of his. Uh, expeditions and did paintings of him there robbing people or well not of the act of robbing but after he robbed them posing triumphantly with the booty (laughs) Uh, he's also found on a painting with henry mystic and albert uh also in the mystic manor queue where where they're hanging from uh ropes Quite a, also Indeed. quite a, a, a nice painting. Yes, and we might assume that he did many of the paintings we see. Yeah. But that's an assumption. Also a thing with C, there's a lot of assumptions because <laughs> we have to go off of tiny fractures of paintings in cues and tiny letters in cues. So, yeah, we have to put them together in some way. And after that uh, press conference that is depicted in the the group portrait, um, Harrison Hightower leaves the big party in his hotel. Um, he he um, to to go up to his penthouse to find uh, a little spot to put his newest acquisition. But well, that doesn't end very well. He goes into his uh, yeah. elevator and to go to his uh, to the thirteenth floor to his penthouse, but at that moment, Shiriki Utundu came to life, opening its eyes, and he trapped Harrison Hightower in the elevator and sent it down. 13 stories. Ooh, 13. Spooky! But... That's the other tower. (laughs) the same story basically well no but yeah a little bit um less fun story also good story um 
But the elevator crashes down. But nobody was in there. No Harrison Ooh. Hightower. Only Shirikyo Tundu remained in the elevator. Cue creepy music. <laughs> so he got what he deserved. In he the end, what he deserved. In the end, he didn't believe yeah. anybody about no. the idol. The Congolese people uh, warned him that it was cursed, but he didn't listen. He didn't listen. And 13 years later, to skip ahead a bit in the mm-hmm. story, the hotel is reopened by the New York Preservation Society by a lady by the name of Beatrice Rose Endicott, which, fun fact, is the daughter of his big rival, Cornelius Endicott II, who was a bit of a counterpoint to him. He did many of the same things, but... Um, not as successful as Henley Mystic, but also in quite a successful way. He was always bullied by uh, Harrison Hightower. And he wanted to tear the hotel down because it was a bad memory for him. But his daughter was against it. She uh, wanted to preserve it through the New York Preservation Society. And that sets in, motions, in motion the happenings of the Tower of Terror. <laughs> ah. an attraction there are attractions in this you might have forgotten but there are we are talking about the theme park still uh, yes and then the next event mm-hmm. after this is 1901 and then another attraction we talked about the museum what of fantastic what a flights. coincidence now we have in 1901 um, unfortunately Camilla Falco, who has a Falco, mm, um, <laughs> um, has passed away, um, and the property is given to the to the Society of Explorers and Adventures after her death. Uh, she died uh, 26 years before this, in, in 1875, um, and the museum is holding a big centennial celebration uh, of Camilla Falco's legacy, and that's when. Uh, Soaring, a fantastic flight happens uh, where um, so her her uh, dream flyer is presented mm-hmm. to the public and they can get out and fly them uh, and fly uh, d- the machine. But little weird thingy. We're in 1901. Anybody who has uh, flown soaring uh, soaring around the world, uh, it has a lot of those same scenes. Uh, almost all of them, except Paris is replaced by Tokyo. And the end scene is not Disneyland or Epcot, but the end scene is uh, Tokyo uh, Disneyland. Well, in the movie we see modern-day Sydney, we see modern-day Tokyo, we see modern air balloons, and we see Tokyo Disney Sea. And still it's set in 1901. Which By is God. a little bit weird. Which Imagineer do we have to burn <laughs> alive for this? But I think it's strange that you... Uh, it's really logical to reuse a movie. Yeah, it's yeah, third yeah. time they reuse it, so they might uh, chill on the sure. reusing. Third time's a charm. Yeah, but but I get the I, I get the reusing of the scenes, but why don't just set the thing in our current time? You can yeah, have the. Really you easy. can use the. Yeah. yeah. So I you don't get use, why oh, you. Oh, we found the historic thing. 
Yeah, because it's, the it's the, the, yeah. the queue is just a museum, so everything is old and there is logical because it's a museum. Um, the pre-show is her painting, which is a beautiful uh, pre-show. It's the painting of Camilla Falco who is explaining things to you and her little um, statue of her falcon uh, mm-hmm. comes to life. Uh, but that's also all possible in, in our current time. Magic isn't lost or anything in our current time that was there in 1901 no the 1901 date is is very arbitrary well 1901 is the birth year of walt disney but it's that that's all you you can just you can change the date and nothing would change yeah i don't think yeah it's really weird or just re-record three scenes and keep the rest is also possible ah yes actually make things for your ride and not skim <laughs> on the money <laughs> strange ideas you have Lars strange ideas it's the soaring with the most beautiful queue ever instead of an uh, airport uh, yeah god airport Epcot. and an app you can play <laughs> yay an app this will replace all the teaming we need in this queue because people will be staring at their phones no <laughs> fuck off um, I anyway. would take a little break here because we got some mail. Mail, we're doing the mail break. Okay. Mail break. Mail break um, because we're talking about cues and the mail is about cues. Not the letter Q, but the thing going to a <laughs> right Q. Yes, yeah, we, we already got, made that uh, joke. <laughs> Read the mail. <laughs> a, a, a person you might know by now is uh, Baptiste. Uh, he was Baptiste. the one... Super fan Batist. Yes, he's the one. He did get his t-shirt. Yes. We do not make lies. We might make jokes, <laughs> but even our jokes, we will go through with them. Uh, we sent him some uh, some some uh, propositions of uh, uh, t-shirts. He chose the Disney's Las Vegas one, the hotel by Robert Venturi. Uh, and he already received it because our last episode was more than two months ago because I was very yeah. busy. Uh, and we got a uh, because Lars doesn't care about you fans. That's why I he really care do. about his studies more than <laughs> he does you. What a selfish human being! By God, I'm sorry. Ah, uh, I really missed uh, researching and and doing the podcast though. So I'm sorry, Neil. <laughs> I know you aren't <laughs> looking angry at me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, so, we uh, got a very charming picture uh, of him uh, posing yeah. with the t-shirt on. This was thanks be- for that, Baptiste. That's not laughing with you. We we appreciate it. Yes, all yes, of it. very much. This was before he picked which shirt and before we sent it. It was yes. right. Well, uh, sometime after our uh, last episode. So okay, hi guys. I caught up with the podcast today and made it through the three hours. Great episode. I have yet to experience flight of passage, so hearing a detailed description, point of view of the queue was awesome. I know the California parks like the back of my hand. Quite jealous of that actually, but that's uh, that aside. But I still have to visit Walt Disney World. I supposed to go in May 2020, but you know what happened. My no, s- tell us more. <laughs> what magical thing happened that made us record separately for every episode since the first one? You don't have to remind me. 
Uh, my two cents on the universal cues. I'm always annoyed by them. There's always something slightly off of poor or poorly executed. I remember seeing a media player thingy sticking out a shelf in the Transformer queue and the plant monsters, I don't know their name, always piss me off in the Potter queue because it's obvious they are all made from the same mold. My feeling is that they are just too fast in planning and building. Anyway, I love my Sequoia cast number one fan title and then it's its email address which i'm not gonna read out loud then a smiley and then best to you to baptiste thank you for your bill baptiste thank you for your two cents yes we actually i <laughs> yeah we already responded to your email in a podcast that we recorded but no we it was <laughs> shitty don't mention it, it doesn't <laughs> exist Lars. it does not exist uh, a second last episode but uh we, we anyway. really love uh getting your mail uh and getting some uh feedback and and some uh opinions yeah. about uh, the queue yes about it i completely agree with the transformers queue because we, I did never not do it. <laughs> because I said, meh, let's skip it. Lars warned me about it. so The ride is just King Kong, but not as yeah. good. And but fast in, and in a few, few years. years, when Transformers is, is not relevant anymore, they'll but just... But they, the, the, the Fast and the Furious ride is not that old, which is... I don't know why we... <sighs> yeah, but Fast and the Furious is still relevant. There's still movies coming out. Like yeah. Transformers yeah. in the process of dying. Nobody cares <laughs> about Bumblebee. But it's something that can be easily be revitalized. I think, yes, that's what I'm going to say. Yeah, of course, it's all media players and screens. Just yeah. put another lick of paint of it. It's just a metal box, metal robots. Search something made of metal and it fits. You know. The thing I I I was very confused with uh, with when I went on um, the Fast and the Furious uh, attraction is. Fast and the Furious is about fast cars. What doesn't the ride have? Fast cars. You're what? just in those in in a in a in the bus from King Kong. You're just in that thing and you're driving to some scenes and then they Oh, I thought you were saying there weren't any fast cars in the scenes. Yeah, in the scene yeah, also not a lot, but some. But you're like very it's like no, and then you're watching yeah. somebody partying, yeah. which is also... Uh, yeah, let's not kid ourselves. Those <laughs> movies aren't about fast cars anymore. They're about the rock. <laughs> They're about money. Um, They're but the, yes. the Potter queue, yeah, I, 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 I think I remember we said something similarly, but I think that I, I think I'm not sure there were like two, two different uh, molds. But it can be one yeah, for the I don't Mandrake. Know. To be honest, I barely remember that part <laughs> of the queue. <laughs> Lars had to remind me of that part of the queue. The part and where there is Jurassic Park music. That's the only reason why I remember it, because you can hear the Jurassic Park music. <laughs> which is a whole another problem all by itself. And I think that explains a lot about that part of the queue that I can't remember <laughs> it. <laughs> The, the the one thing that bothers me the most about the um about the Potter Cube, about the um Forbidden Journey Cube, is that it's very much the movie and it very much looks like the movie, but it's always 
not quite the movie like the hallway going to Dumbledore's office like you have the stairway and it's the stairway of Dumbledore but it's not the hallway that goes to Dumbledore's office and there's a, there yeah, are a yeah, few yeah. of those which I think like let's just if you want to do because it's it's a more expensive hallway because it's it has an out part uh, outside part and stuff then just don't do the the stairs and put something else over there a statue of of whoever I don't care um when you're doing something almost like the movie but but not really just show something that's not in the movie which is yeah, more entertaining yeah. and like yeah the places are there but the connective tissue between them is weird yeah yeah they try to cram in places that probably would be at opposite ends of the school mm-hmm. and show them in like queue length of each other I, w- I would like to to discover some parts of the of the yeah. Hogwarts we never we never saw. Not yeah, that indeed. Disney does a a lot better yeah. job in a lot of like the cues even um, it, within the books. There's a lot of a lot more places that we don't see in the yeah. movies. Yeah. That would have been a good opportunity. Yeah. Very nice mail. Uh, Very nice mail as always. And I think this will be a nice moment to take a small break ourselves to ah. go to the toilet. <laughs> All right. See you soon. And we're back. We're back with we more facts more about the sea. It's possible to find rivers and lakes beneath the ocean when salt water and hydrogen hydrogen sulfide combine. It becomes denser than the rest of the water around it, enabling to form a lake or a river that flows beneath the sea. Sea facts. Wow. But before we start, a small fortune cookie. <laughs> oh, fortune cookie. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Christmas. That's not a Christmas thing, it's Chinese. And Chinese now, fortune cookie wisdom. Listen to everyone. Ideas come from everywhere. Beautiful. How fitting. Imagineering yes. ideas, wow! And uh, a story made up by more than <laughs> more than a few people. Ah, thanks for uh, for the eating mm. noises. ASMR. <laughs> mm. Welcome to anyway. CSMR. All right. Uh, Fantastic flight just opened in 1901 or something that looks like. 2017, whatever. Um, in 1907, we have another. Uh, we have a new member of the society, or we have a, a, a character. A character we haven't talked about, Captain Brieux and the Hyperion. <laughs> Known from Island on Top of the World, the reason why uh, Discovery Bay didn't get built because the. Uh, movie bombed at the box office um and uh, manage- management at disney said nobody wants to see a jules verne's movie because that's what that means apparently because you make a trash movie um we have in disneyland paris our cafe hyperion 
which f- yes. features his... Uh, Known from that one Rebels episode that's playing on the loop <laughs> day in, day out. Oh. No, it, the, the restaurant itself, like the, 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 um, the entrance is, the, is this uh, big Hyperion uh, airship, which doesn't quite look like the one in the movie. So my guess is that the events of the movie take place a little bit before... Um, before our uh, Café Hyperion. Um, the reason it doesn't look the same is probably just Imagineering wanting to make it more beautiful for Discoveryland. But in this sea, uh, in this sea story, you can, you can translate it to, oh, it's a different ship. It might be a little bit later than uh, the one we see in uh, the movies. And uh, Captain Brieux is uh, affiliated with a person we know, a president. Indeed. <gasps> Jason Chandler, there he ah. is again, our favorite. They went on a, uh, on a uh, expedition together, a journey together in the Hyperion, in, an, in a Hyperion airship um, to map out the, li- the legendary flying beasts of the Mekong River. Which is a map that you can see in the Skipper's Canteen, which doesn't exist uh-huh. yet at this moment. Um, so, uh, Captain Brieux. Is the Mekong River a river under the sea? Probably not. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> a shame. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, some people. Um, say he's probably a member of the uh, Society of, uh, of Explorers and Adventures, but he is literally on a map with the president of the society in a secret society meeting place. So yeah. I'd say he's a, he's a, if he's a he member. Was just your, if he was just the chauffeur, you wouldn't actually put his name on the map as an author. No, I don't think so. You gotta have some C street cred before <laughs> they put your name on the map. So he's probably a member. And and uh, that's one of the few ties we have in Disneyland Paris too. The sea lore is a is yes. our Hyperion, uh, which is basically uh, the cafe is basically like a ticketing booth. The the place where you buy your food is the place where you would buy a ticket to faraway countries um to to go in the mekong or river (laughs) or flying or legendary you can go to legendary um but the um the 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 restaurant itself is a little bit mistreated like neil said with uh disney rebel lightly uh episodes on the loop which doesn't make sense for the place doesn't make isn't fun also it's just little bit annoying um and you could easily do something different over there you could put uh, you could do anything it's just the the millionth <laughs> burger place in disneyland paris yeah. but depressing depressing <laughs> anyway on to more fun stuff 1909 we revisit another old friend another important member of C, namely Lord Henry Mystic, gets into his possession. 
a certain Balinese music box, a music box with magical properties. And people who have been to uh, Hong Kong Disneyland will without a doubt know that this Balinese music box puts into motion the events of the right mystic manner. Yes, the mischievous Albert open up the box and all the artifacts in the in the mystic manner start acting up, uh, getting a light. It's basically night at the mystic manor. Night at the museum, <laughs> but night at the mystic manor. Yes, I want a movie where Ben Stiller plays Albert the monkey. <laughs> but you have already a monkey in uh, Night at the Museum. Yeah, but th- nobody cares. And I want <laughs> Robin Williams to play Lord Henry Mystic. I don't care if he's dead. <laughs> All righty then. Get him in there. Weekend at Robin Williams. Yeah. I see potential. <laughs> uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful effects. Beautiful rides. Fun story. Beautiful monkey. <laughs> Very beautiful monkey. And then uh, two years later, again a person we already encountered, 1911, two years after the events of the Mystic Manor, on April the 8th, the Jungle Navigation Company is established by Dr. Albert Falls, which is quite an important moment in the, in the, the history of, uh, of the sea. Of sea. Um, the Jungle Navigation Company is, of course, the compi- company you know of uh, the Jungle Cruise, uh, the company you use to go on your Jungle Cruises, but it wasn't always about tourism. The company um, was originally intended for as a shipping company to get parcels across the... Uh, to yeah, all kinds of rivers. They had different establishments. They had the, an establishment on the Amazon River, which is the Magic Kingdom, the Mekong River, the Congo River, the Nile River. And uh, so th- these are all parts of the attraction. And then there was also one in Polynesia, the Irrawaddy River, the Zambezi River. Uh, there was one in Zanzibar, Zanzibar, and one in Calcutta. Uh, so, What? <laughs> By God, it's real <laughs> linguistic gymnastics for us today. Yeah, it, uh, all ha- these names. Half the names are probably mispronounced, but you get the gist of it. Um, so a company really stretched far and wide over uh, over the world. All these uh, different continents, uh, different places in the world where where you can now uh, hire somebody to ship your crates to. Uh, to get your tiki trinkets all over the world by using their uh, system. And then, uh, one year later, the events that we already explained transpire when uh, Beatrice Endicott starts touring the High Tower Hotel and sets in motion the events of the Tower of Terror in Mm -hmm. Tokyo. Where you can go to the hotel yourself. Which is also a very nice thing. Mm, it's yes, it's like the other towers of terror, but without the uh, Twilight Zone of Twilight Zone license. A more refined theming. Uh, it's like more beautiful to look at. I'll just put it at that. It's more my I style n- yes. of architecture. Mm. 
I understand what you're saying. <laughs> I also, I, I won't say anything about architecture. I don't know anything about architecture. It's, except it's that, purely uh, subjective. So. Le Corbusier is a thing, <laughs> and that that's, that's Corbusier is a thing. Yes, it's a thing. He has a chair or multiple. A lot of architects have chairs. You're a chair. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Anyway, but I do like that they did something mm-hmm. uniquely Disney with it. I think and I mean now Disney Park. Yeah, now all uh, all Tower of the all Tower of Terrors are different. Uh, there are three with the same system: the one in Anaheim, in, in Paris, and in uh, um, in Tokyo, uh, which all have a different team right now. And then you have the one in uh, in, in Orlando, which has a complete, which has the same team as uh, as Paris, Twilight Zone, Tower of Terror, but with an entirely different style of architecture and a and a and a ride system. So I think it's good that uh, Anaheim lost yeah. his. <laughs> Which which is the way to go, you know. You yeah. can still recycle some parts, which saves you money, mm-hmm. but you make an entirely different thing out of it. I don't like the outside of Anaheim, though. No, it By doesn't God. look. It, it it's still the Tower of Terror for me. I, I, yeah, I, it's, I, it's 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 Tower of Terror with with <laughs> with a look <laughs> of paint on it. <laughs> oh, it's Marvel sci-fi now. No, the inside no, is is, is pretty great. Beautiful, it's yeah. Quite original, but um. So this was 1912. Uh, 1912. <laughs> We're <laughs> in the far future now. 1912. We go to uh, we we make a little jump right now to 1931, uh, where Albert sadly in the meantime passed away and the company is uh now uh um in the hands of his granddaughter alberta falls uh which is also a fall as neil told me yesterday i think in california yes indeed alberta falls is a false i don't know where i just <laughs> i thought mm, i know that name i googled it and i was right uh she is the the granddaughter and uh has quite a similar name uh, to her grandfather. Uh, she takes over the, the the family business, but we are in 1931, so we um, are uh, in the Great Depression, which is not good for the Jungle Cruise navigation, uh, the Jungle Cruise uh, trading company, navigation company, um, which is in serious decline, uh, and they finally switch to tourism. And then on uh, the October first uh, of October, nineteen thirty-one, the first ever Jungle Cruise sets their sails. They don't have sails, well, but motors. They set yeah. Motors. <laughs> um, and uh, October first, nineteen thirty-one, is not a coincidence. It's uh, forty years before the opening of Walt Disney World in Florida, which is magical, a <laughs> beautiful little thing. And then, then. Then, then. Ah. a scoop. You heard it here first, people, or <laughs> read it on our Twitter account. <laughs> um, um, after a refurbishment for the uh, the Jungle Cruise, um, the Imagineers uh, wrote a little survival guide, the Skipper Survival Guide, which has some stories about uh, some letters of different skippers. And there is a letter from 1933 of Jeremy Livingstone. And let's just remember that name for a little bit later. Jeremy Livingstone. 
Jeremy Livingstone. I'm gonna say it one more time. Jeremy Livingstone. Uh, ah, yeah, he's in one of those he's letters. Very fond of. <laughs> Indeed, he is. But uh, a small while later, in the uh, year 1937, a character enters the scene. A character probably well known to many people, even people not familiar with the park, not familiar with sea, because Indiana Jones enters the scene. Indy was looking for the Temple of the Forbidden Eye, nearby, which is in Disneyland, and they credited them, the Jungle Navigation Company, with part of the find, gave them the money, so now they are able to give tours for free, so that's why you don't have to flaunt around your money or <laughs> flaunt around an e-ticket to get into the ride. <laughs> Magical. Which also connects uh, Indiana Jones into the, the sea universe. Yes. And he even uh, later he even becomes member of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers uh, together with a friend that we will talk about soon very soon but first uh, something else takes place it's quite a very momentous occasion in sea history and just in, in in park history because the 31st of december yes 1937 the uh the events of the I, adventure club. The events. <laughs> I couldn't think of the word <laughs> events. The, ev- the events. New of Year's the adventure Eve, club. 1937. It's always New Year's in the adventure club, when when we guests go visit it. Indeed. Um, go ahead. Because the adventure club, uh, which was the, uh, the the next step for the pillagers' brigade, the, the one Hightower was a member of, they became more legitimate, they became nicer people, and they changed their name to the Adventures Club. And this was done by an, a man by the name of Meriwether Adam Pleasure. Meriwether Adam Pleasure was born on... Well, we have two different dates for his birth, but I will say the 18th of November, 1873, <laughs> because the 18th of November also is my date of birth, so fuck the other date, <laughs> to a family who owns a gold mine. Not the gold mine, a gold mine. Well, there are a lot uh, of He was going to go... So. Of course, it's America. <laughs> gold rush. Gold mines, so as far the eye can see. He was offered part in the mine. He didn't want it. Uh, he went to New York, uh, went into the stock exchange, earned a lot of money, opened a steel mill, and um, became revolutionary uh, in the, the production of steel in America. With that, he earned a lot of money. That money he spent on going on, on lavish exploratory travels. As one and does. in one of those travels... He went to Mexico, and in Mexico, Mr. Pleasure encountered a spirit, a moon, crescent moon-faced spirit, by the name of the Funmeister. <laughs> and as you might hear, that is a name Germanic in origin, not Spanish or Aztec, as the country of Mexico might uh, suggest, because the Funmeister is a spirit 
from the Germanic tribes that uh, are closely tied to the fall of the Roman Empire. He was there from the days of the beginning of, of human history and he found his way to Meriwether Adam Pleasure and he told him of a place where he should build a, a an island, a place in the spirit of the Funmeister because as his name Funmeister says he is the spirit of celebration, of of fun, of people getting together. So in the name of Funmeister, Meriwether and Adam Pleasure had to construct a place and he showed him a place in Florida. What a Not coincidence. Yeah, ooh. <laughs> very strange. And he went there, uh, and he 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 was led to uh, a tribe of Indian people, uh, Seminoles, as uh, the Indians in that area were called. Uh, and he came to them and told them, "Ah, the funmeister sent me. He 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 wants me to build this." And they, uniquely, because it's not something, uh, let's say, Native Americans do. We excuse for using the word Indians. That is the only word we've got for that group of people in Dutch. So those natives, and they said yes, strangely enough, because they weren't real. They were ghosts. They guarded the place for the Funmeister. And there, Meriwether Adam Pleasure built Pleasure Island. And the Adventures Club. And yes, on Pleasure Island there was the Adventures Club. Which is basically uh, his place where he kept his collection that became so big uh, that he wanted to show all his yes, friends indeed. and eventually other explorers to entertain yes. everybody. Mm -hmm. And he made a club around it because he was a member of C and stayed a member of C, but he wasn't always... I uh, didn't always agree with the other members of the society. So he kind of uh, established a splinter group, not quite as settled within the sea ecosystem, but still a thing all onto its own. And the Adventure Club, for people who don't know, was a interactive bar, which had shows, but improv was a big part of it. There were lots of characters walking around, interacting with the guests. And... Um, Many of those things became part of the sea canon mm -hmm. because the Adventure Club later shut its doors and those props were scattered around all of the parks and started sea as we know it today yeah, or so the, the basis thereof. When, when, when the Adventure Club still existed, sea didn't exist yet, uh, but it inspired mm -hmm. the, the Imagineers to create to create um, fortress explorations and to create the whole sea lore. And then later, Adventure Club was added to the lore of sea. Indeed. Um, yeah. Which, uh, yes, and yeah, things were scattered. Like, for example, I mentioned the Pillagers, Pillagers Brigade. Uh, there was a painting of the Pillagers Brigade, but that used to be a painting of the Adventurers Club with a young uh, Meriwether Adam Pleasure on it. But it, it had a very colonial... Uh, connotation. So they retconned it to be this pillagers brigade with a young uh, Harrison Hightower on there. And you can now see that picture hanging in uh, Auntie's uh, beach house in Aulani Resort in Hawaii. Which is also a project of Joe Rody, the uh, same Imagineer who did the Adventures Club. Indeed. Of course he puts uh, a portrait where a version of himself 
is in it. In his uh, hotels. Kids. Entertainment zone. <laughs> <laughs> What an ego. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, go on. Go ahead. No, I, I was just saying how. how If it still existed when we when we started visiting Walt Disney World, would there would there have been a night that we weren't there? No, no. It's weird that we didn't mention this in our roleplay episode, because yeah, this is true. exactly yeah, it. Yeah. It's this basically the, the pinnacle theater with drinks. Yes, because it was based on an interact in a, a multi-room theater mm-hmm. play that was done on I think I think off Broadway that many of the Imagineers have uh, it, where you could see the play multiple times. Well, you, you can always buy it multiple times. That's <laughs> <laughs> not It unique, was worthwhile to... Yeah, yeah it had experience. multiple rooms and you could go through the rooms and there was always something happening in all mm-hmm. the rooms that connected to each other. Yeah, which is the same and here. You have different rooms, mm-hmm. uh, one with masks uh, that talk to you, yeah. which I like very much. Yeah, those you can now find in the... Uh, the uh, uh, Explorers Club in uh, Hong Kong mm-hmm. by uh, Mystic Manor. But there were a few uh, recurring characters that were here, always played by the same cast member. Uh, there was a butler and a maid. Those were a bit more loose. Those weren't the same cast members every night. So they could have a rotation of cast members who could play those roles. But there were a few roles who played the more prominent part that were always the same person. And I'll go quickly go through them all. There was Hathaway Brown. He was uh, the resident uh, narcissist pilot and ladies man. A very uh, handsome man. The face of uh, Jinky's cornflakes. <laughs> and very good friends with one uh, Trader Sam who might Pop show up, up yeah. some, po- some point later in the story. Remember that name. Uh, but he was the 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 the, uh, the ladies man. He liked to flirt with the ladies, go around a bit of an uh, ego tripper. And he was the uh, winner of the last few Balderdash Cups, which was one of the shows that was done throughout the evening. Because as Lars said, uh, this every night in the Adventure Club was New Year's Eve, and they were throwing a benefit around this Balderdash Cup because they didn't have enough money to pay the rent anymore. Yes, and they were uh, basically paying the rent, uh, paying the least one drink at a time. Uh, and uh, the, the, the fateful uh, New Year's Eve of December 31st is the, is the first time the streak is, uh, is broken and the underdog... Indeed. Emil Blihal or something. Emil Blihal, <laughs> indeed, yeah. Is, um, he the crowns mm-hmm. the 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 crowns brown and 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 becomes yeah the winner. Yes, because he wasn't previously a member of the uh, the Adventures Club because he came from Ohio because he heard from this great Adventures Club. He's like he's dressed up as a a, a very archetypal uh, Boy Scout. <laughs> Uh, and he wants to to go and win the partake in the Balderdash Cup and become a member of the club, in which he succeeds. He dethrones Brown and becomes a member and the winner of the Balderdash Cup. Did we tell already? But what the uh, amongst those two, there are. Did we explain what it is, the Balderdash Cup? Uh, no. 
So it's Go basically a, uh, a context, a com a competition, basically a competition where the club members have to uh, tell or demonstrate their uh, very much true life adventures. And the best adventures, the best story, the best performance wins the Balderdash Cup. Mm -hmm. Which was a show you could uh, yeah, watch every evening where uh, Hathaway and Emil went toe-to-toe -to -toe in the cup. And amongst those, there were some other characters. There was one Otis T. Wren, the uh, club treasurer and ideologist, which is a uh, fish expert. Uh, he hung around there, interacted with guests, and also uh, Fletcher Hodges, an uh, archaeologist, antiquarian, and one of the curators of the Adventures Club. There was one uh, Pamela Perkins, who was the president of the club. She walked around with a big lint that said, Club President, <laughs> so you couldn't mistake her for <laughs> not being the club president. Uh, there was uh, Pamela Sterling, who was the uh, ex uh, who was an uh, all-round explorer. Samantha Sterling. Yes. Samantha you Sterling. You said Pamela Sterling. Oh, uh, yes, uh, Pamela Samantha, Perkins yeah. is the other one. I'm uh, getting mixed up. Yeah, Samantha <laughs> Sterling, which is an uh, all-round explorer and um, cabaret singer. She had a singing cabaret show uh, during the night. And then there was one gypsy, uh, excuse me, Romani woman by the name of uh, Madame Zarkov, a name you might remember as being on the letter... Jason Chandler sent to Bullion, warning him from Big Thunder Mountain, because she later became the proprietor of the Museum of the Weird. It's all connected. You would almost think people were writing this out. <laughs> well, yes. Crazy, isn't it? Uh, but she was... All the other characters I just named were there every evening. But Madame Zarkov wasn't. She was a uh, rarer character. She, it was a bit of... Sometimes she was there, sometimes she wasn't. And then there's also another member. He wasn't portrayed by a... Uh, well, he, he was portrayed by a live person. But he was the uh, he was a British officer and the glee master of the club. And he was a uh, ventriloquist dummy who hung on the wall. Who would sometimes uh, talk to people. Mm-hmm. And those, yeah, the, those were all members of the uh, Explorers Club who would later be incorporated into wider sea lore. I will go into most of them a bit later because they're all tied into uh, uh, the Trader Sam's Bar, which will be dis we will discuss later. But one character we can uh, glimpse reference to in another place, uh, namely Samantha Sterling, her lost passport can be found in uh, the uh, Skipper's Canteen, uh, not the Skipper's Canteen, in uh, Jock's Hangar, a bar I will talk about in just a moment. <laughs> but Lars, yes. as you can see, Samantha Sterling, me and Samantha, we're one of the same kind. We both lose our international passport. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a story that's is in the last episode. They are in the not the last episode, but the lost episode. The lost episode. Okay. Long story short, we went to Orlando <laughs> and two days before we went, I lost my international passport. Hardy har, lots of laughs <laughs> to be had. 
250 euros later and uh, yeah yeah and your permission to get into the country yes <laughs> was also lost with it no but i regained it i didn't yeah. get into the country illegally that's what we say on the podcast all right <laughs> yes but before we go to that i mentioned a bar named uh jock lindsey's hanger bar jock lindsey's hanger bar mm-hmm. because um jock lindsey mm-hmm. as some people might know jock lindsey was uh, indiana jones's private uh aviator he's mm-hmm. the man you can see fishing in the beginning of raid of the lost ark the guy with the snake on his biplane mm-hmm. when he was uh in Florida with Indy, searching for the Fountain of Youth. He liked Disney Springs, at, or Pleasure Island, as it was called then, after its uh, Meriwether Adam Pleasure. He liked it so much that he remembered it and later came back to found a bar that became a known hangout of the uh, Society of Explorers and Adventurers. And he was also later inducted into that very same society. And it was in that place that you can find Samantha's lost passport. Along with uh, a lot of other artifacts of the sea Indeed, lore and, amongst and, and Indiana Jones lore. Yes, you can find the fertility idol that uh, Indy uh, takes in the beginning of Razor Lost Art before he goes off to Jock to fly away. Mm-hmm. Uh, which he was apparently uh, got to steal back from uh, Belloc. But also uh, Babylonia can be seen there, a big stone head. Uh, who hung on the walls of the Adventurers Club. And when she was still hanging there, she could actually talk and interact with uh, the uh, m- people visiting. And she had talks with some of the, uh, with the Yakusk head, stuffed head hanging on the wall, and she could interact with guests. But now she's um, hanging motionless on the walls of uh, Jock's hangar bar. All right. Uh, the hangar bar was 1955, by the way. Yes, so a little, a little later. A little later. Story. But the events of uh, the Fountain of Youth, when they were yeah. there the first time, was right, was in the year 1939, after the uh, New Year's Eve party. Which, coincidentally, is also uh, one of the birthdays of uh, Meriwether and the Pleasure. Because... One very confusing thing, they rewrote the Pleasure Island lore a few <laughs> times, so there are two versions of the story. We will get back to the uh, to the story some later in the timeline, which will show a um, quite a big diversion in the lore. But one of those diversions was uh, Meriwether Adam Pleasure's birth date. All right. And then... We go from 1937 on New Year's Eve to 1938 when the Jungle Navigation Company Limited Skipper's Canteen opened to the public. This is in uh, the Magic Kingdom in uh, Walt Disney World, uh, right next to the Jungle Cruise. Um, and this, uh, this place, this canteen, used to be mm-hmm. the mess hall uh, nee, used to be the, the, the former home, the former mansion belonging to the Falls family. So belonging to, um, I think it was built by Albert Falls and then later uh, changed into the company's headquarters and uh, the mess, the, the mess uh, of the skippers by Alberta Falls, by his granddaughter. Um, which also has this secret meeting place of sea. And when I say secret, I mean the 
secret bookcase is always open and, and, and everybody that has to go to the toilet has to go through it. So it's secret unless you have to pee. When you don't have to pee, very secret place. Damn, I never <laughs> pee. <laughs> Screwed over again by my... <laughs> bladder. By my bladder. Um, Damn, my bladder. The mansion has three main areas. So the mess hall, the false family room, and this secret society of explorers and adventures meeting room. And oh boy, are there a lot of references yes. to see here. Uh, there are a lot of books uh, in this area when you yeah, write before you go to the to the sea uh, meeting room. There are a lot of books with a lot of tie-ins to different characters, to different movies. So let's, uh, let's go over some, some important ones. We have a small fill... Uh, a small village with a large heart and Rockefeller Hippopet family by former owner Albert Falls. You can do the next one. That's all. Oh, we're going to alternate. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, you were dropping a bit by internet. I was <laughs> acting up a bit. Okay. Uh, Friends for dinner. Top hats and umbrella and the missing mask by Trader Sam's. Illustrated guide to radio broadca- broadcasting by Albert Awol and Albert Awol we know from the Jungle Cruise uh, queue. Uh, he's the radio operator, so the the music you hear and the voices you hear in the Jungle Cruise queue is Albert Awol. Indeed, he is. And then two books by the same person: uh, Mine Treasures from the Animal Kingdom and Everest Expeditions: Search for the Ready by Harrison Hightower the Third. And those book titles are no coincidence because, yes. as you all know, he's based on Joe Rody, mm-hmm. the Imagineer behind Animal Kingdom and Everest Expedition. And the new Marvel expansions that are uh, going to, that are Indeed, being built yes. right now. Um, then Mission to the Stars and Mission to Red Planet by Tom Morrow. And Tom Morrow is a character from Tomorrowland, uh, which is a repurposed animatronic of the timekeeper uh in disneyland uh yeah he's is basically the mayor of tomorrowland mm-hmm. and uh the best bun in the world <laughs> and then the book another new year by none other than meriwether adam pleasure of adventurers club fame a manner of fact primates as shipmates and Treasures of uh, Treasures of the Manor by Lord Henry Mystic, and I'm already enjoying you reading the next part, the next one. <laughs> <laughs> by Albert the Monkey, which is a uh, joke um, pertaining to the uh, 100 monkeys uh, in a room with typewriters. <laughs> that if you put 100 monkeys in a room with typewriters, eventually you will get. Any book you want. But apparently uh, Albert um, wasn't as successful. (laughs) And then the next one is a very special one. The Stars Above Us by Quill. And now who is Quill? Is he... Who is Quill? Star-Lord himself, Peter Quill. And did the book get here by time traveling? By maybe the Cosmic Rewind that's being built in uh, Epcot Ah. right now? Or is it a relative uh, of Quinn? 
uh, Quill, sorry, uh, that's also possible. So it's either Peter Quill himself, uh, time-traveling Peter Quill, or it's a relative. Because we are uh, in uh, 1938, so quite some years before our little boy gets abducted from Earth. Indeed. Or it is just an Easter egg. And we are <laughs> going too deep into all of this. But let's say that Cosmic Rewind is a very of happy course. coincidence then. We we aren't going to deep into this. What a preposterous <laughs> idea. <laughs> then, traditional native holiday decor by Professor R. Blauhimmel. A man we uh, recognize from the portrait that was made right before Mr. Hightower uh, joined the Choir Invisible. (laughs) (laughs) And then A Small World of Traditional Wardrobe by Alice Davis, uh, by A. Davis is what's written on the book. And A. Davis is uh, Alice Davis, uh, who made the costumes for all the Small World animatronics. So that's an Easter egg, not a tie-in, probably. A a nice homage to a very important person in Disney history. Then the next book is called The Wildest Ride by one J.T. Toad. He's a rich Mr. Toad, toad in a, a member of C. C. Yeah. Confirmed. He's, lit, he's, he's an asshole, kind <laughs> of. Uh, he's rich. He has a mansion. So yes. uh, Mr. Toad, part of C. Confirmed. You heard it here first. Probably not. <laughs> because this was on the internet before. <laughs> but... Uh, and then we have Creatures from Space by Clench, which is a uh, nod to the extraterrestrial ex- extra alien encounter <laughs> in Tomorrowland. Uh, but there are also a few maps. Uh, one we already talked about by uh, Jason Chandler and... Um, Captain Brio of the Hyperion, the legendary Blech. flying beats of the ba- of the Mekong River and surrounding territories that's uh, hanging inside the secret, not so secret, peeing mm-hmm. passage room, uh, and then we have another map hanging there, the legend hanging there, the legendary beasts of the Mediterranean by Captain Mary Oceaneer, which features a, uh, a few. Uh, Fun knots, uh, the sea serpent from from World of Motion, the attraction in Epcot in uh, Walt Disney World, um, where we can see him being terror, uh, where we can see him terrorizing Christopher Columbus. Um, yeah, no, being terrorized by Christopher Columbus <laughs> could also be a thing. Yeah, it's, it's uh, something it old Chris used to do. <laughs> yeah, um, and the sea serpent, I uh, forgot what the exact name is, but the name is... Uh, a horribilis Kimbalum. Yes. Something along those lines. Yes, which is a, a nod to Ward Kimball, uh, which is the Imagineer of uh, uh, the World of Motion, um, which futures Indeed. this uh, animal. And then we see a giant squid combating the Nautilus, which is, of course, the Nautilus of Captain Nemo. Indeed, which ties the whole 20,000 Leagues uh, Under the Sea narrative into yes. C. Not only because C is in the title. <laughs> 20,000 Leagues Under the Society of Explorers and Adventures. The original title f- flows a little bit better. <laughs> uh, but Captain Nemo is 
probably not a part of the uh, society because um, the character the character is uh, highly against uh, imperial imperialism and colonialism. So yes. it's uh, well probably not part of uh, the society, but the story is in the same uh, world. Yes, yeah. which nicely ties in uh, the rest of uh, Tokyo Disney Sea yes. with Vulcania and all the uh, uh, Jules Verne inspired rides, which Nemo is a big part of. And then, yeah, the 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 canteen itself is just an amazing place filled with all these things. And th- the fun thing is that, like, the 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 waiters are dressed like uh, Jungle Cruise scrippers, of course, because it's their uh, it's their headquarters. Um, but the jo- they make the, the same kind of jokes as they do in the... It's very much a Jungle Cruise uh, canteen, uh, which is a lot of fun. Uh, beautiful uh, nods. Also to the Dreamfinder in the mess hall, you can um, hear his voice asking where he can park his, uh, his, uh, his, his, his vehicle. Uh, yeah, beautiful, uh, beautiful references. Very nice place. Um Next to the Jungle Cruise in the Magic Kingdom. Then we have another restaurant in 1939, yes. the Explorers Club, a place we the are Explorers very, f- uh, very familiar with. It's not the Explorers Club in Hong Kong, but it's the Explorers Club in uh, Disneyland Paris's Adventureland. Yes, which now, is now um, Colonel Hattie's. Yeah, pizza, whatever the fuck outpost. Pizza, whatever. <laughs> yes, pizza. Mm, typical of uh, Africa. Re- uh, just on the other side of the road from the Bruce Cafe, <laughs> there is a pizzeria, like in every real African Bruce. <laughs> it's uh, the, the the Explorers Club used to be uh, a meeting place uh, for adventurers. It was not owned by uh, by uh, explorers, but it was a place where they. Uh, came together. It was uh, sort of the last beacon of civilization, uh, where you could get a hot meal and some supplies before you get into into these uh, dense jungles, uh, because it was located at the edge of the jungle. It's um, it's a very beautiful building. It's really beautiful, and it's made. It it, it is this big and this um, this. Uh, grand beautiful mansion because uh, it was planned that the jungle cruise would be there uh close by so it would be the the focal mm-hmm. point of the area to attract you to go there and then go to the jungle cruise but we never got our jungle cruise um which resulted in a lot of people not going to that part of the park which resulted in the loss of the explorers club and it was a chinese restaurant for a bit and now it's uh a, a damn shame yeah nonsensical yes elephant it's a damn pizza. shame now not nothing <laughs> else <laughs> but it, it it used to be uh, there's still and th- this is the weirdest part they took out uh they took out a lot of the um of the props but they kept a lot of the props so the the logos of the adventures clip are still everywhere uh the inside still looks relatively the same it's like the jungle is taking over this building there is a tree growing in the interior and there is uh, foliage foliage on the ceiling and birds uh just like in the tiki room sitting on the branches and 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 tweeting and making uh, little noises um but once upon a time there was a character 
roaming around our adventure land and roaming around our explorers club namely dr livingstone there is also a real Dr. Livingstone, Dr. David Livingstone, which lived from 1813 to 1873, which is long before uh, this period, mm -hmm. but still it is not certain if it's really Dr. David Livingstone. Um, there are some indications he is, but it's in a different time period. Um, but Livingstone, a name we recognize from uh from from uh earlier because one of the jungle cruise skippers mm -hmm. was named jeremy livingstone so we have a connection between our explorers club uh and 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 the jungle cruise uh being a family tie between dr livingstone and uh jeremy livingstone is it a coincidence no, no, <laughs> no. Those uh, evil speakers can uh, shut up. <laughs> it is not just a reference to the actual Livingston. They are connected. The just let us do our thing. Okay. The the one of the things I I think is very funny is so so they misplace him in time, uh, like like uh, it takes place uh, around seventy years after his death. And he's still the very young Livingstone at the Explorers Club, so it's more than I think. There's a a, a hundred year, uh, yeah, miscalculation. It's not a word, but uh, a hundred years in between uh, the real Livingstone and Doctor Livingstone in Explorers Club. But in the Jungle Cruise, Albert A. Wall, the uh, announcer of the music and the and the little notes, also refers to Doctor Livingstone uh, in 1938, which is also 100 years uh yeah a mistake of 100 years so there's a double mistake of the same person so i think we can say they're related <laughs> yes and let's be honest um this whole c timeline in universe is based on accidental same names yes. and kind of sort of fishy relations that were later legitimized by Disney. So Dr. Albert Falls was literally a joke in the in the Jungle Cruise uh, spiel which is now a whole part of the sea lore with a restaurant and headquarters and an all whole storyline and it started out as a joke so. And the thing with all this is if you go, if you see something in a ride that might be connected to C, like it's a name that's the same, and you go ask the Imagineer if he knows what C is, and he didn't intend there to be a connection, and you ask him, he's going to say <laughs> yes. Why would that Imagineer ruin your dreams <laughs> about finding that connection? He has given himself a bunch of depths in his own attraction without really wanting it to. So if we're if you think we're assuming, <laughs> feel free to think that, but this whole thing is just a bunch of assumptions later being legitimized. Jokes, Easter eggs and assumptions. That's all this is. Speaking about some important persons ruining some dreams, uh, some certain Monty Python member ruined some dreams this week. <laughs> ah yes <laughs> a lot of people were very mad and sad and angry and really 
I don't know what he what what yes. what what's his name again? I forgot his name. Um, um, um. Wait, are you serious? Eric Idle. That, yeah, Eric Idle. Yeah. If you want to know, uh, go to Eric Idle's Twitter account. He was in uh, the uh, journey into uh, your imagination. And your and imagination so. with the little animated fucker, <laughs> which was how he called yeah. Figment, which was very funny. Um, well, if you want to have a good time, <laughs> go to his Twitter account. All right. Um, ah, one more thing I want to say about the Explorers Club is that there is also a um, there's also luggage outside with a uh, sticker on it of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. So mm-hmm. we have a double tie besides Dr. Livingstone roaming the, r- the grounds. Um, there's th- also one more thing I would like to say about uh, the Explorers Club. In your notes, it says, Explorers Club equals lost bacon of civilization. <laughs> 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 Just wanted to point that one out. Uh, it's last re- place it's you get bacon <laughs> before you went off into the Caribbean. It's probably true. Uh, we have to do a, a, an episode soon about this. Uh, about about this bacon. Place. Yeah, ah, no, about, okay. bacon. about bacon. We do our next episode is about large about bodies of water, and after that and we do bacon. bacon, and then we transform to a, a tree podcast. Then it's over. Yes. All right, but we're almost through. Um, this was 1939. Uh, I chose this date uh, myself because it's the end of the 1930. It, it's uh, end of the 30s that it takes place. So I just took 1930, 1939 mm-hmm. myself. And then the next date is 1955, uh, where Jock Lindsay Hangar Bar uh, opened that we already uh, explained. Yes. And then we have the most difficult part of the... We have... Uh, oh, yes. Somewhere between 1930 and 1950, somewhere there w- there opened uh, somewhere someone opened Trader Sands Enchanted Tiki Bar. Uh, it's a bar in Disneyland in the Disneyland Hotel in Anaheim, which is decked out with artifacts from years of traveling by Sam. Sam mm, is a indeed. character from uh, from the Jungle Cruise, and. Uh, this bar connects to basically everything in existence. Sea, not sea, made up, not made up. Uh, the, the bar is d- designed by Brandon Clayla, uh, Clayla, I, I never can pronounce his last name. Brandon Clayla. I think it's Clayla, but I'm not sure. Trader Brandon. Trader Brandon. Um, Trader Brandon, uh, whom we love. Yeah. I have his dice right here. I have Go buy his dice. Uh, TraderBrandon.com uh, I have my recommendation Plug. of this week is uh, on the site of Trader Brandon. He sells a lot of merch. I think I recommend it every uh, episode. But he has also a little society of explorers and adventures, lapel pin, which is very beautiful, very beautiful little pin that you can order on his site. And he is the uh, designer, uh, mind, creative being behind both Trader Sam's bars. And when I say yes, it connects are, to yeah. basically everything in existence, I mean yeah. everything. It it has props from uh, app uh, from all the. Uh, uh, 
pavilions in, in, in the in, in Epcot's World Showcase. It has movies. It has Ghostbusters figment, uh, everything. But I have uh, I've listed yes. some. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. And it also has a bunch of references to the Adventurers Club. Most mm. of its members have one or multiple references in the bar. As I said, Hathaway Brown was a good friend of Sam's. He has multiple postcards hanging around. Uh, and in one letter from an, uh, from someone else, that, uh, they refer that uh, Hathaway included a box of uh, Jinkies cornflakes, uh, of which he is the face on the box. Also, during Christmas, uh, Hathaway Brown has a stocking hanging in the bar. Who also has a stocking in the bar is Hathaway, as I just said. Uh, Emils has, uh, also has one, the underdog of the party. Uh, Colonel Critchlow Sundermensch, the uh, ventriloquist dummy, uh, he has a uh, postal card hanging in Sam's wall referring to um, a... a, a a boat trip they once did, and many, many, many more. <laughs> uh, some of the sea tisons are a uh, a bust of Albert Falls, which we know of the Jungle Navigation mm-hmm. uh, Company, uh, with a genie lamp next to it. So welcome, Aladdin is part of the sea lore. Um, a photograph of Sam's and Captain Jack Sparrow together. Um, and... Uh, Sam also has the shrunken head of Jack's mother uh, that you can see in the bar. Uh, we have the map of the Temple of the Forbidden ha- uh, for, of the Forbidden Eye, which is hung on the wall, uh, which has a v- um, very cool story. When when Trader Brandon was designing uh, Trader Sam's Enchanted Tiki Bar, he was he wanted the map on the wall, but uh, he couldn't find it anywhere in the libraries of Imagineering. Uh, the original artwork to to copy and to put on the wall uh, couldn't found anywhere uh, looked everywhere so one morning he went into the uh, forbidden IQ uh, where there was a um, a copy of the of the map uh, bolted to the table well he thought it was a copy of the map until he arrived at the little office and the real artwork of uh, the Temple of the Forbidden Eye, the real painting was just put on the put on the table and left there in a queue. By God. <laughs> and Traden, uh, Trader Brandon uh, saved it, uh, got it uh, archived, uh, cleaned it up in Photoshop, made a print for, uh, for, for the queue and for the uh, Enchanted Tiki Bar, where you can now see it. Uh, other things are... Uh, a letter by Jose asking about Rosita. So, uh, yeah, so Tiki Room, which is also part of the sea lore. And really, besides sea, just hundreds mm-hmm. of, of, of everything. Uh, both bars uh, deserve an episode on it, uh, of its yes. own. The, the the second Traders, uh, Trader Sam's is Trader oh. Sam's. You uh, strategically uh, skipped a reference, and I know why. Ah. I'll do it for <laughs> you, because Lars is intentionally avoiding very hard words to pronounce. <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to pronounce it, though. I think I can. Okay. Okay, Say it, Go and ahead. I'm going to pronounce it. 
So there is a letter from uh, Vernetta Capshaw from the New York Preservation Society, the fellows and sh- she fellows, <laughs> oh no, f- female fellows, shallows. of the uh, oh no, <laughs> that are uh, doing uh, guided tours in uh, mm-hmm. the uh, Tower of Terror, the uh, High Tower Hotel, about uh, a picture of um, Trader Sam's grandfather, Trader Bill, or his full name. Billa, mm, sorry, Billa Munga Wong, uh, Wonga. Exactly. Beautiful, well pronounced, Lars. Beautiful I'm name. I'm proud of you. And uh, she uh, then gives the painting to Sam to hang in his bar. Mm-hmm. Beautiful story. <laughs> and then uh, somewhere between the 1950s and the 1970s, uh, we have Trader Sam's Grog Grotto, the second establishment of Trader Sam's, which is... Not a copy in, in the way it's themed, and not a copy in, in the storyline. It's set uh, in a different era at the Polynesian village, uh, somewhere around the Seven Seas Lagoon, um, which is a sequel to the Trader Sam's uh, Enchanted Tiki Bar. Um, some of the references we have over there is Oa, 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 featured uh, in the Enchanted Tiki Room under new management. Uh, which is mounted to the bar, and when you order the uh, Oa drink, it's it starts to storm in the in the in the in the bar. Uh, you you can see rain just uh, falling down in the in the in the windows, and you feel the wind. And uh, Oa speaks some of uh, of uh, of her lines from the ride uh, from the from the enchanted tiki room under no management. Then we have a postcard, but I think you already said that. Uh, yes, but I've yeah. got a, f- a very funny story about that postcard. Okay. Namely, it's a postcard, and uh, on it, it says, there's a man, a handsome man, as adventurous as he can be. And our friend, Trader Sam, he actually knows this man. It's me, signed with a H. And I was doing my research, and I read those, and I thought, I know those lines. I shouldn't, but I know those lines. And I remembered when we were in Walt Disney World in Trader Sam's Grog Grotto, Lars took a picture of a random postcard. He didn't (laughs) know what it was about because everything in Trader Sam's is about something. Uh And that random picture, I scroll past so many times when (laughs) looking through pictures. Always I look at it and say, what is this? But I never wanted to Google it to preserve the mystery. But now I know it's a postcard like I said, by uh, Hathaway Brown, the Adventures Club member. Beautiful story. Uh, Beautiful. Makes me almost want to re-record our Florida episode. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, And then uh, one of the last things I want to mention in uh, both Trader Sam's, both Trader Sam's Grotto and Trader Sam's Enchanted Tiki Bar, there is a sinking ship in a bottle uh, the bottle is actually from uh, the Adventures Club, but the uh, inside was replaced with the sinking Wicked Wench. And the Wicked Wench we know from the first very big fight scene in the Pirates of the Caribbean attractions, um, where you see the um, boat attacking the fort. Uh, that's the Wicked Wench, which later in the movies becomes the Black Pearl, and in the parks it's not as clear if it's also later the Black Pearl, or if it's a sister ship of the Black Pearl, but that's the Wicked Wench from the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. And like I said, also Sam's Grog Grotto, it's 
way too much to uh, to uh, all sum yeah. up, and, and and it deserves its own episode. So we'll do that yes. sometime in the future. We'll do that sometimes when we ever get back to Trader Sam's, we can all experience it again. <sighs> again, Prob- oh, best drunk, I think, <laughs> for the full experience. Talking about be being drunk at Trader Sam's Gro- Grotto, somebody, Trader Brandon, is making a book. <laughs> ah, yes. Go to Kickstarter. Kickstarted. Uh, you only have Ooh. 11 more days, uh, but it will be for sale, s- not when the book comes out, I think, but uh, a little later, which is um, a uh, D&D-inspired tiki cocktail recipe book but with also story and characters and, and playable RPG and a lot of mocktails and the whole shebang and it's now on Kickstarter and it looks very promising um, so the, 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 the designer of the boat Trader Sam's Bars is now making a tiki cocktail book Indeed. RPG inspired go give him your love and your money <laughs> And that's basically we're in nineteen seventies. Uh, that's basically yes. it for the sea story. Uh, besides one little weird thing, in it's a weird thing. Nineteen eighty nine, indeed. Dis- it is about Say it. the Adventurers Club. Yeah, Disney. It is the end, but also the beginning. Beautiful. <laughs> Disney. Um, yeah, dug up uh, the remains of Pleasure Island, which uh, uh, became defunct in the 1950s in the lore, in the storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll give them the lore. Give them the lore. Even better. There are, as I said, two versions of this because they rewrote it two times. Uh, there is the 1989 version where uh, Meriwether Adam Pleasure disappeared in 1941 on the ship the Domino on his way to the Antarctic. Uh the island then ended up in the hands of his two sons, but then went under when a typhoon hit and wrecked the whole island. And then eventually, when Disney gets its hands on the property, uh, they find it and they dig up the remains and reopen it as a sort of historical uh, exhibition and to um, reinstate the island in the name of the Fun Meister. And then the second version, the 1991 version, the... Uh, island is about to go down to a corrupt crime syndicate they uh, find a way to make uh, adam uh, meriwether adam pleasure's deed null and void so in the year 1945 they would be able to throw him out and turn it into a spa for the very rich but before that can happen in uh, 1941 a hurricane hits the hurricane charlotte hits the island uh, Meriwether Adam Pleasure is able to evacuate everyone but his own family. They are never seen again and the island, nothing is left but swamps and marshes, like, well, the rest of Florida. <laughs> we never and then, we never said what his home was. Indeed. I, I realized uh-huh. just now uh, Meriwether Adams Pleasure's uh, estate, his home in Florida, uh, is now uh, the Grand Floridian Hotel in Which Walt is Disney World. Quite a beautiful home. <laughs> <laughs> quite a large home. Uh, it, 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 
part of it was the home and then it was built out over time yes. uh, in the in the story. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then in the 1991 version of the story, in 71, um, the uh, wreck of his steamboat is recovered and is uh, refurbished and turned into the Empress Lily that now uh, is in use in the parks. And then later, in 87, when doing a helicopter survey of the area, they see... Uh, a man dressed as a captain waving at them. They land their helicopter, and the only thing they can find is uh, a cap with the name Meriwether Adam Pleasure embroidered in it, and a uh, wooden totem of a crescent-faced, a, a crescent-headed face, not a crescent-faced head, a crescent-headed face. And then they uh, dig further and find the remains of Pleasure Island. You were talking about a shipwreck, and I have a little fun fact for you. There are three million shipwrecks in the ocean, from the Titanic to Christopher Columbus, Santa Maria. The oceans are home to around three million shipwrecks, according to the United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organization. Fun fact. Wow. Thank you for that actual C fun fact, Lars. No problem. What would we be without you? And those sea facts. We wouldn't have a question for you. Hey, Neil, how fast do you think a tsunami is? I don't know. In uh, miles Faster per hour. than me. <laughs> In miles per hour. Do Can't we use like big yeah. boy uh, measurements, like kilometers an hour? Okay, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll re... Yeah, do kilometers. 3,500. <laughs> 3,500. <laughs> <laughs> it is 800 kilometers an hour or 500 miles per hour that's a lot of fast water yes so th- those were my uh, sea fun facts those were your sea fa- were they the last of your sea fun facts do I have another one the world's longest mountain chain is underwater. Earth's longest chain of mountains, the mid-ocean ridge, is almost entirely beneath the ocean, stretching across the distance of 65,000 kilometers. It's said that this mountain chain is less explored than the surface of Venus or Mars. Wow. And, and you were going to fill a whole episode with just <laughs> those facts? I d- By God, you were doing the research. <laughs> By God, this almost feels like a practice bit. <clears throat> but now we have come to the end of our yes. hopefully comprehensive timeline of C. Let's just say that um, within a year there could be a part of the story right in between something we said before something we said after we s- something we said. So it's a uh, an ever-changing story that even yes. with the refurbishment can add an, en- an entire part of the story. Uh, mm-hmm. And I called it comp- maybe comprehensive, not complete, because I highly doubt that we have even scratched the surface of all the references I to the sea. Yeah, these are there. the main main events and some references, but the, 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 the entire it's filled with references and little links, like another book there and and a little map there and an, and oh, his fez is over there. So mm-hmm. uh, this was like the big timeline. Uh, yeah, 
indeed. But uh, before we uh, wrap things up, I would like to take some time and go quickly go through some uh, places and rides that have a tie in the parks. We mentioned most of them, but mm -hmm. uh, just as a small run-through for people interested in visiting those and looking at the details. Mm -hmm. So, to quickly summarize, we have the Mediterranean Harbor in Tokyo, where it all started. Porto Paradiso. We have the Tower of Terror in Tokyo, which is uh, her, uh, the Hightower Hotel, where Harrison Hightower lived and died. Soren Fantastic Flight, which is the uh, Museum of Fantastic Flight. Mystic Manor, which is the museum by Lord Henry Mystic. A uh, smaller one we didn't mention. The Haunted Halloween in uh, Hong Kong Disneyland. I think it's Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's Hong Kong. It's a layover for uh, the Jungle Cruise. Mm -hmm. The Halloween yeah, layover. I don't, I, think, I don't think they do it anymore. No, I think it was it, one yeah. time. Mm. One time. And it has a tie to sea because uh, an ex-sea member who was thrown out by Mystic and the big rival of Indiana Jones um, has some um, Halloween-y hijinks. Wasn't he thrown out by Indiana Jones? Um so you told me, but in my research, <laughs> I found uh, okay. Mystic. Let us know in an email <laughs> who if threw wrong, Nigel if you hate us. out of the sea. Or in Indeed. the sea. Haha. <laughs> ah, jokes. Sea jokes. Jokes, jokes, jokes. Do you want another fun then, fact? <laughs> then Big Thunder Orlando, of course. Uh -huh. uh, Big Thunder in Anaheim, mm -hmm. of course. Big Thunder in Paris. In a lesser way. Mm -hmm. but still part of the canon. Skipper's Canteen in the biggest way possible. Mm -hmm. uh, Typhoon Lagoon, because Mary Oceaneer's ship is up there and there's a ride themed around Mary Oceaneer. And her little But parrot. also, yeah, her parrot. Um, I think it's salty there. Uh, Not sure. Mm -hmm. she, she had two ones throughout yeah. her travels. Salty and Duncan. Uh, also, the UK uh, Kids Zone in the UK Epcot. pavilion in Epcot, there's a uh, library of the Royal Adventure Society, which was a group associated with sea, but more British in nature. Then the Abracadabar on the Disney boardwalk, which is a magician's cafe. And in the magician's cafe stands a uh, sea fez, which would imply one of the members of the Abracadabar was a member of sea. Then the Tropical Hideaway, which is a, uh, a bar and restaurant uh, right next to uh, the Tiki Room Inn. Dole Whip, Disneyland. In Disneyland, exactly. Which has paddles from different exp uh, uh, expeditions done by sea members. And I'll quickly go over those. Sea uh, Falco, uh, the Zambezi River in 1831. Uh, BT Bullion, the Colorado River in 1870. Jay Chandler, the Elahu River in 1882. Hamish Mystic, the Ganges River in 1874. S. Shiho, a uh, unknown member, the Amazon River in 1910. H. Hightower, the Yangtze River 1872. Probably stole uh, every idol and piece of gold in sight. <laughs> Dr. J. L. Batista, whose name we forgot. Uh, the Congo River in 1906. Dr. A. Falls, the Mbe River in 1903. Professor R. Blauhimmel, the Ukayali River in 1904. Ukalaye. <laughs> uh, 
M. Oceaneer, de Orinoco River in 1899. M. A. Pleasure, de Kissimmee River in 1900, which is a river very close to Walt Disney World and Pleasure Island, uh -huh. which was presumably when he got his boat, that was later found by Disney, uh, transferred into uh, the rivers around Pleasure Island. And then, uh, then Chief Tanjai in the Irrawaddy River, which is also a uh, unknown member. Except that he has an uh, item on the kids' menu of the Skipper's Canteen. <laughs> namely, the Chef Tanjai's crispy chicken. Then, to continue, Bengal Barbecue, which has a reference to Blau Himmel, as Lars already said. Colonel Hatties in Disneyland Paris has the sticker, the Hyperion in Disneyland Paris, and then the cruise lines where the, uh, the uh, Ocean Lab by Mary Oceaneer is located. And there is a comprehensive guide to the, the big ties to see. There are some small ones scattered. Yeah, Disney, out and the about. Haunted Mansion in Disneyland. I don't think was on the list. Ah, yes, and uh, few, of course the few, one in Disneyland Paris. Yeah. yeah, not the one in Walt Disney World, probably. Mm, no, no, I haven't seen anything of that in my research either. But then there was something not on your list. Ooh, what did I forget? Discovery Bay. Because it doesn't exist. Ah, indeed. Like we said in the beginning of our episode, there's a small part that we didn't mention because it wasn't built. Yes. So this was an expansion for Disneyland's Frontierland by Tony Baxter, the real Tony Baxter, not the bullion. <laughs> um, which basically is um, Jason Chandler, who lived nearby the Big Thunder Mountain, um uh there was a there was an there was an accident at the mountain and a lot of miners were trapped uh and jason used one of his own drilling machines to get these miners out but before he could get uh, which he succeeded in but before he could get out himself an earthquake occurred and jason chandler is killed in a uh, and the mining industry of the town is killed as well or so they thought because Jason Chandler survived the, uh, the, the little village and uh, the miners of the Big Thunder Mountain don't know that. Uh, but he got away and he took the gold with him. But he couldn't take any more um, tragedies, tragedies because of the uh, gold mining anymore. Um, so he, he, he let everybody believe he died and... Uh, so they would stop mining the Big Thunder Mountain. And he left with his uh, gold to the to, uh, to establish Discovery Bay, which is basically the home of any inventor with big ideas, which he is able to sponsor and to give money now mm -hmm. because of the gold he got from the Big Thunder Mountain. And then there are a few attractions in the Discovery Bay, uh, one based on island on top of the world. Uh, it has a big hangar with um, with the Hyperion, uh, where people could fly with the Hyperion over the world. Then there was Lost River Rapids, uh, where people could journey the, which was based on the Jungle Cruise, where people could journey the world 
uh, a lost world with dinosaurs. Uh, then we have a Spark Gap Loop, which is a roller coaster based on Nikola Tesla, another great inventor, often forgotten inventor. Then we have Professor Marvel's Gallery, which is a carousel theater with a professor and his little animated fucker, as Eric Idle likes to call him, but a little or, uh, yeah. dragon. Figment. So this was the predecessor to uh, the Dreamfinder, and this is where the idea was Indeed. born for the Dreamfinder, just like the idea of the Hyperion in Disneyland Paris was born in Discovery Bay. Then we have the Fireworks Factory, uh, which is a shooting gallery uh, where people could fire uh, fireworks at at uh, dots at 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 uh, marks which Neil would love, as he is so good at bus lighters. I can't aim. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> and then uh, last, uh, which is a very nice uh, thing, is a Nautilus restaurant um, inside this, the very famous submarine from uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea that was salvaged because we are uh, quite a few years after the events of 20,000 Leagues. And this, the, the submarine was salvaged by Jason Chandler, the president of Sea, and Ned Land, which is uh, the Canadian harpooner from 20,000 Leagues. So very, very, very promising ideas for uh, mm -hmm. Discovery Bay, uh, which bled into our discovery land in Paris yes. and to... And bled into C as a whole. Yeah. Because that's why Jason Chandler is such a recurring character. Why he exists he in the first place, yeah. Yeah, yeah, indeed. That's that's how he's put in there as a homage to this this uh, never-used idea by Tony. And also here he is, is he's really against digging in the Big Thunder Mountain, which also is in the sea lore. Uh, with indeed, the indeed. And if you want a glimpse at um, what sea would have been, you can go eat at uh, Walt's restaurant in Disneyland Paris. Discovery Bay, you one mean? of the Disco yeah, 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 Discovery Bay. You said sea, but yeah, yeah, Discovery Bay. You said yes, that's where you can see it. See, uh, yeah, right. Discovery Bay. It's <laughs> what I mean. Never mind. Yeah. It's what I mean. Discovery Bay. Mm -hmm. Or what you could also do is <laughs> you could injure yourself and go to the first aid post on Main Street mm -hmm. where there is a copy of that very painting. Very so if you don't want to spend painting. a lot of money on good food, just <laughs> injure yourself. Um, but uh, Waltz is really, really uh, worth the money to uh, see the models and the teaming of the restaurants. It's, it's quite amazing. Um Injuring yourself is also worth the money. Uh -huh. the, it's yeah. free and it's not fun until you see the painting. Ah, very beautiful. Uh, Extremely so. Yeah. All right. This was uh, the Society of Explorers Adventure, uh, and Adventures, for now at least. For uh, now, indeed it is. We will probably update when there, are s when there is a parts of the story edit especially yes. when it's in paris but let's hope so that yeah. there are parts of the story edit one thing we would love to see is to uh for disney to 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 yeah, start to do a house cleaning yeah yeah or just uh get some merch out get some yeah indeed indeed pins get some yeah. books especially 
uh, a book yeah in which they could do some cleanup of the lore give us a timeline give us the characters give us the biographies that we don't have to find them so scattered this is a big tub of unused potential it's, yeah. it's a shame uh, talking about merch I'll go into my recommendation of the week <sighs> I we just had our Christmas party after <laughs> such <one month. laughs> such a party it was us with in masks a in a park <laughs> yes Christmas and party. Lars was my secret Santa and yes. he bought me merch see merch not by Disney but by a good person on Etsy namely the park the theme park preservation society yes. and from him I got a pack of uh, uh, sea collector cards mm-hmm. very very nice cards if you want to see those you can go to our Twitter account and look for sea it's, uh, it's the Twitter card is at Gang Sequoia, hmm? the Sequoia gang on Twitter. Yes. You can see a beautiful picture of them and link to the Etsy account. Uh, it was posted on January 25, 2021. Uh, if you're looking for the post, or you can just go to Etsy and search for the Society of Explorers and Adventures. Indeed. Uh, they also have now uh, um, like collector cards of uh, the Adventures Club, uh, Indeed, yeah. which are also very nice. Very, very cool. On the front, there's uh, some art from uh, the the major players in the sea. And on the back is a small uh, biography. Mm-hmm. And it includes a card of Albert, which... It includes a <laughs> card of Albert, as it should, as it should. All right, but that's it. Um, anybody that's who wants to, uh, wants to mail us about sea or about the line as well, still... Um, Welcome. Uh, can do that on our email, which is Neil. Dustacoyacast uh, at gmail.com. That is Dustacoyacast with a Z in front of it, just like it is on your podcast application. Or you can find us, uh, just like Neil just said, at Gang Sequoia or The Sequoia Gang on Twitter. Our uh, profile picture for now is a beaver, so that. And if there's a, a whole timeline of uh, Disney art, you will recognize us as well. Indeed. Um, any suggestion, any opinion is very welcome. If we made very. a mistake uh, in the lore, which please. is possible, please uh, mail us. Yes, please mail us. Please message us anything. We, we love getting your feedback. We love hearing from you, so don't hesitate if you're listening and you want to say something, anything, even if it's negative, especially if it's negative. <laughs> All right, um, that's it for this month. Next month will probably be about, do we know that? No, we don't. Nautilus? No idea. Nautilus. Let's do Nautilus in All Disneyland right. Paris. We'll do <laughs> Nautilus in Disneyland Paris, apparently. <laughs> Or not. We'll see. All right. We'll Thanks for... See. Uh, listening uh thanks for for those who reached out uh bye now we do the outro kangaloosh kangaloosh to you all (laughs) i have been neil i am lars i was lars still lars yeah i'm still neil i'm not lars anyway have a good evening (laughs) bye kangaloosh